Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 All right, let me just start out by saying, yes! (laughs) Oh, Yes! Yes, there's all this football all over the place. What's happening? Oh, what's my happening? <laughs> Woo! Okay, so happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me start by saying that, and then let me also mention this as we come to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. I am someone who, if he's flipping around on the TV Friday, Saturday night, going through the cable networks, if the words Ocean's Eleven are next to one another, I will stop. And here's the reason why. Ocean's Eleven, or 12, or 13, or whatever the one with the ladies Uh, was just this summer. Ocean's Eight. There you go. Seven. Their philosophy was, let's get a bunch of stars. Are all the movies... The best script ever? No. Is it the greatest acting you've ever seen? Yes. <laughs> Is the backdrop <laughs> and the storyline kind of cool? Sure. But what's really going on there? You're like, whoa, Brad Pitt and Clooney and Damon and, uh, I mean, all these guys, right? They've got a lot of stars. Ocean's Eleven throws at you star power. Yep. And in American entertainment, star power works. It works. Now, so does hope, but not when you're stretching it out over a long period of time like, oh, don't worry. Yeah, we've got Clooney and Pitt and Damon, um, or we've got a different movie that may have a star in it coming out two years from now. What the Raiders did this morning was absolutely one of the dumbest moves I've ever seen a sporting franchise make in my entire life, and I've seen the 4,000 tweets talking about how, oh, well, the Raiders couldn't afford it. I trust one. His name's Andrew Brandt. He used to do NFL contracts, and he reminded everybody that the state of Nevada just gave the Raiders a billion dollars. Don't buy it. It simply was ego-beating intelligence. Bears win, Raiders lose. Yeah, look, and I mean, I remember not a week ago, there were some people saying, really? Really? The Saints? They gave away a third rounder for Teddy Bridgewater? (laughs) A backup with an injury history? I remind you that Teddy Bridgewater brought the Vikings, who are hapless at the moment, to a playoff game when he was the starter. He's healthy again, looked good in the preseason. Drew Brees is 40 and some change. And Teddy Bridgewater is a proven NFL commodity. I'd rather stake a third rounder on a proven NFL player than I ever would prospecting in the draft. And that's exactly what the Raiders are doing. They're prospecting. 
They're going, hey, you see those hills over there? I bet there's gold in them hills. I'm going to get me pickaxe and my shake pan, and I'm going to head out to the hills, and I'm going to go and I'm get gold. Oh, I'm greedy for gold. No, 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 no. You've played your hand the wrong way. This isn't smart business. This isn't smart football. Khalil Mack is a monster up front. As this holdout continued, I was seeing GIF or GIF after GIF or GIF. I'm a GIF guy. Okay, I'm a GIF guy. All right. And I love the peanut butter, too. That should be the name of the show, GIF or GIF. (laughs) I'm watching these tackles that he had gone against and sometimes double teamed and also backs chipping him where he was literally flinging bodies around on his way to the quarterback all throughout social media while he's holding out. And I'm thinking to myself, what are the Raiders doing? You have a brand new head coach. This is the first time Derek Carr is going to be working with Gruden, the QB guru. You know what would help him? If he gets the ball back occasionally. Your defense stunk last year with Khalil Mack. You still haven't made many big changes, and he's off the field. How about we get this deal done and work from there? No, they trade him, and they're prospecting the draft, and many drafts to come. Yep, hashtag fourth place. The autumn wind is carrying the odor of flatulence. That's because the Raiders just messed up their entire season. Let's not forget the leadership aspects of this player. He is beloved in the locker room. You are now also angering. On game week, your entire workforce upon arrival. This is Jeter-esque, sending Stanton out the door for nothing. The difference is there are people who care about the Raiders, as opposed (laughs) to what Jeter did with the Miami Marlins. Here's the full deal. This is the official trade. Before you get excited at the haul the Raiders got, dot, 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 wait for the finish. Here's what the Raiders got. For their superstar. Yes. Their superstar. Derek Carr is not the best player on the Raiders. No. Khalil Mack is the best player on the Raiders, and it's not close. Here's what they got. They got the Bears' 2019 first-round pick. They got the Bears' 2020 first-round pick. They got the Bears' 2023rd-round pick. And they got the Bears' 2019 sixth-round pick. So next year, a one and a six. And the year after that, a one and a three. Here's the problem. What the Bears got did not stop at Khalil Mack. The Bears receive a 2020 second-round pick (laughs) and a conditional 2020 fifth-round pick. Holy Mack. So the Raiders got two ones, a three, and a six, but the Bears got a superstar and a two and probably a five. This was high way robbery. Yeah, the Bears just basically wandered into the Bay Area and went, stick them up! And the Raiders put their arms up and handed over the cash. This is a grab. This is a a grab of the century. This is an Ocean's Eleven-style heist. You're absolutely right. Khalil Mack is going to now terrorize the NFC North, whereas he could have gotten you Somewhere in the AFC West, I realize on paper the Chargers are really good, but let's be honest about the Chargers. They seem to find a way to shuffle their way into second or third place. The Chiefs are debuting a brand new quarterback at the starting position. They liked what they saw in one start toward the end of the year. And now through the preseason, it's the Pat Mahomes era. The Denver Broncos have a brand new quarterback. 
It's it to me. It's absurd. You have the most consistent team. Yes, you have a new head coach, but you don't have a defense without Khalil Mack. Let's take stock of John Gruden so far, because I am a fan of John Gruden. I certainly loved him as a broadcaster. Oh my goodness! And yeah. I even enjoy the personality that he brings to coaching. And you know what was he called? Martavis Bryant. Uh, hey, we you know, call him the White Tiger. Yeah, he's down a here. White Tiger. Listen, because I used to go to. What was it? Bush Gardens down in Tampa Bay. <laughs> and they had this white tiger never out of his cage. But, oh, boy, when he came out, it was a show. Yeah, Martavis, he's our old white tiger. All right. Let me tell you something about your white tiger, John. You traded a third-round draft pick for him, and now you're admitting that he only shows up once a week. I, I, I don't think that speaks very well of him. You also grabbed Jordy Nelson this offseason. Name the last Packers receiver to leave Aaron Rodgers and do really well. I'll wait. Yeah. So this is actually where a lot of Packers receivers have gone to die. James Jones did it too. So I'm not high on that. And we're fingers crossed that Amari Cooper can look like the 2016 version instead of the 2017 version. And on offense, you got a group of running backs. One of them's a really fun, interesting personality, but he's also really old. That's what you got. And for some reason, the fan base, which always feels like this in September, is optimistic. Well, of course. I think this team is a last-place team in the AFC West, and I'm pretty confident in my thought. Well, it was even when Jack Del Rio was the head coach of the Raiders, I was looking at the success they had down the wire of these games and some of the things they were able to askew, like heavily penalized performances And I said, this feels like a prop city. This feels like I walked on the set of an old Western. And as soon as, you know, uh, one of the crew members hits a hammer to the back of one of these scenes, it's all going to fall apart. And that's exactly what happened to the Raiders. It wasn't real. This was inflated somehow. Jump balls at the end of the game. Overtime fourth down plays that worked in their favor. Yes, they were a playoff contender two years ago, but that didn't feel real to me. The real Raiders feels like the 2017 Raiders. The 2018 Raiders had promise until this morning. Until this morning, because Khalil Mack, honestly, it felt like he was the heart and soul of that defense. And now the this this Raiders ship feels rudderless. Bears. Just got interesting. Bears. And listen, I, I, I don't know a lot about what Mitch Trubisky, Mitchell, I don't know what he's going to do this year, but for some reason those on the inside are feeling optimistic. And year two is an interesting year for a quarterback. A quarterback is a position where, as an observer, I'm willing to say year one was simply year one. Yeah. You know, like that, I mean, because we've seen examples of this in the past. There are Deshaun Watsons who show up and on play one, you're like, oh, okie doke, that pops. Yeah. But then there are other situations. Uh, didn't Peyton Manning go 2-14 and 14 as a rookie? Whatever it may have been. So things can develop. I'm still very open-minded to Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, they revamped the receiving core. They've got good running backs. They like their young tight end. And now they're building Roquan Smith, Khalil yes. Mack, some of the defensive players they already had there. I know no one is expecting anything from the Bears because they play in the same division as the Vikings and the Packers. But the Bears just got really interesting to me. Yeah, Leonard Floyd, Sam Ocho actually played with Sam, really talented linebacker. The Bears' defense is going to be a lot better than they were a year ago. 
and mainly because of this trade, but also because of what's already there. And yeah, like you said, sometimes letting it bake at quarterback is a good thing. Was Phillip Rivers great his first year? No. Season three, season four, that's when things really took off. Like you mentioned, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady rode some pine. We saw this with Dak Prescott. Uh, Well, I shouldn't say Dak Prescott. He burst onto the scene. But there are many examples that are good examples of a time it takes to develop a quarterback. Bears are on the watch list now. Okay, Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Brady Quinn in 20 minutes. We'll take your reaction to Khalil Mack if you want to share it at 877-99 on Fox. Uh, But coming up next, breaking news of a cut at the quarterback position that is incredibly interesting. That's next. Okay. I want everybody to sit down or stand up. I don't know why big news is considered like like you have to sit down. I mean, no one's going to faint here, but a lot of stuff just happened. Okay. One o'clock Pacific, four in the East was the official roster cut down period. And so major breaking news is still trickling in. We just did a lot on Khalil Mack. We'll get back to that in a second. Brady Quinn, hopefully later on this hour, we got to wait for Texas and Maryland to wrap up, and that game got delayed. But he'll jump in here pretty soon at some point. Bill Plaschke next hour. Okay. A, Landry Jones of the Steelers got cut. Ben Roethlisberger's going to have a wonderful year. Why? Because the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph, and they're now handing Mason Rudolph, a rookie, the backup job. And while he's not the heir apparent necessarily, he's not a first-rounder, he's a third-rounder, it's not as intense as what Alex Smith went through last year. But with a guy who threatens retirement on a a yearly basis, uh, I do believe that there was at least messaging or jockeying here, and he won the job. And so, therefore, that is, I, I think, going to resonate with Ben Roethlisberger. I think he's going to play amazing this year because of it. Yeah, well, you saw the same thing, and to, to a lesser degree, let's be honest, with Alex Smith uh, and Pat Mahomes last year. So, while, yes, Mason Rudolph is only a third-rounder, you can start to feel father time, you can start to feel the executioner's axe, whatever you want to call it, your fate is standing right there behind you. And so Alex gets traded to the Washington Redskins on a nice big deal, and I'm sure he's happy with that. But aside from from the the, the motivation of the starter uh, jumps astronomically, and we saw that with the numbers that Alex Smith was able to provide last season. So yeah, no, there there are a lot of moves. There are a lot of moves that you can make, and I think right now we got. Gavin and are you telling us? Okay, yeah, Brady Quinn is with us live because Texas and Maryland are on a delay, and until they resume, Brady's going to jump in here. This is a rare treat. We're getting a broadcaster in the middle of his game. (laughs) What that, Brady? What is is going on out there, man? Have you ever experienced this before where someone's actually working a broadcast calling into radio? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, what? So this is great that they stopped the entire game so that we could visit. I imagine uh, for them to do that, there must be some significant things to say. I know Texas was down in this game, and then they came back. How do they look so far? You know, they got off to a slow start. A lot of the same issues they had last year, not only versus Maryland, but really that issues that were indicative the entire season. Uh, couldn't run the football, weren't converting very well on third down. And, and Maryland really jumped out on them. But they came storming back. Uh, short 22 unanswered. And then Maryland just a- answered actually before – um, the, the weather delay we had here. So we, we've got, a, I believe, a 31-29 ball game. Let me try to check the scoreboard because 
it's been so long at this point. Uh, but a fantastic game and about a little less than a quarter left to play. You know, and definitely an emotional game for the Maryland players and, and fans of the team out there. You have 10 men aligned on the field. Their first offensive snap, they take the penalty to honor Jordan McNair, the player who passed away after suffering heat stroke during a workout this offseason. How do you think they handled this? And, and what was the reaction in the stadium? Yeah, the reaction, I think, for those in the stadium, they probably weren't really aware of what was taking place uh, when Maryland marched out on the field with only 10 men. Um, hopefully we did our best to communicate the gesture um, that, that they were trying to provide to Jordan McNair as well as the McNair family. But they've, they've done a bunch of different things throughout the course of the game today in order to honor them. They've got helmet stickers on. They carried out a jersey with them to the coin toss. They had a flag as well, this number on it, uh, as well as that particular play, taking the delay of game, which obviously Texas, a show of good sportsmanship, didn't accept. So, um, you know, this is something that I think this team's going to deal with the rest of the season. We're going to have to continue to keep – supporting one another and battling through it as they will probably hit each and individual player in a different way. But, you know, the way they started this game, you know, they really came out and felt like they had something to prove. And whether that's playing uh, in the memory of Jordan McNair and wanting to show people or showcase that, um, or just the fact that they're frustrated, right? They've experienced a lot of emotions, and this is somewhat of a, 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 of a release for them, per se. Yeah, Brady, I wonder in your preparations for the game, in talking to people in the community, in the program – how do like what what is what is the stretch out effect of this over their entire season? How do you think it will affect them? Well, I think it ultimately it comes down to what's going to happen to DJ Durkin. You know, the, the, their head coach is on administrative leave at this point, and there's two separate issues at hand, right? There's what took place, what happened to Jordan McNair, that investigation, which is you know kind of separate from what else uh, the ESPN report brought to light which was a potential of a toxic culture. So that's being investigated right now. That's going to take a number of weeks. But Bruce Feldman, our college football uh, insider, really kind of you know, told us some information in regards to there being some backing behind D.J. Durkin. That, um, the, the, the question they're trying to answer right now is whether or not the, the program was demanding or demeaning. And I think if, if they find it to be demeaning, maybe there's some truth to a toxic culture. But if it was just more demanding uh, with some of the support that D.J. Durkin has, Maybe he does return back as, as head coach at some point. But the biggest question is, who ultimately makes that decision? Because the president of the university, he's under some scrutiny right now, uh, obviously as well as the athletic director. So they're trying to figure out who's ultimately going to make the decision on D.J. Durkin's future. I was following this game on Twitter, and with a halftime uh, lead, Maryland over the, the, the Longhorns, all of a sudden things exploded on the side of the Longhorns uh, fan base. Uh, you, you have Tom Herman in there. And Matt Canada is filling in as the interim while Durkin's out. How how long is this leash with Herman at Texas? The expectations on the head coaches there obviously are extremely high. Well, I think any time a fan base gets frustrated and sees replication of the same mistakes made the year before, uh, they start to go insane, right? And that is the definition of insanity, to do the same thing over and over and expect a different result. So, you know, offensively is more of the issue that I think they had last year, and that's where the frustration steps in is, Tom Herman's supposed to be an offensive guru. They struggled last year. This year, you know, supposedly they're supposed to be a year better. The offensive line's supposed to be better. They're supposed to be able to run the football better, and Sam Ellinger should be better. You know, we, we've seen flashes of that so far in this game, but I think until we see them ultimately win more than seven games, which is what they had last year, and really compete for a Big 12, I don't know that the fan base will really be satisfied with Tom Herman. Brady Quinn uh, on the Texas-Maryland game. Literally, as we speak, it's a 31-29 lead for Maryland. 
Uh, they will resume shortly. You can catch it all on FS1. And, Brady, now that we've had our chat, you can tell everybody they can start the game again. Yeah, you can start the game. The teams are actually about ready to come out on the field. Uh, if you can hear some boos, that's probably the Maryland fans okay. starting to come out. Uh, but there's actually a good amount of Texas, uh, a lot of burnt orange in the stadium today. So it's been quite the fun atmosphere. Hopefully it'll be a fantastic finish. Okay, so the boos weren't for us. No, no. Okay, good. Guys, good. That no, was they, a, they, they love you guys. My ego could not handle that. Might have been, been for the officials. Might have <laughs> okay. been for the officials right. for right. as long as they've kept this game going. That's, that's a relief. Hey, uh, buddy, thanks, man. Good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Okay, there he goes. Brady Quinn, FS1, Maryland leading Texas, 31-29, fourth quarter. Uh, apparently, uh, rain uh, is now uh, grounds for dismissal of a football game. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't Interesting. Know. Listen, that's right. ridiculous. Um, something else is ridiculous. <laughs> What's that? Uh, they're talking about a death penalty, some people, for the Maryland football cro- program as a result of the Jordan McNair no. passing away. And, and this, uh, to me, I... I I don't know. I don't know if I love that, and I want to get into this a little bit more. I, 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 look, you are a Penn Stater. You went through uh, moments where this kind of stuff was discussed. I rarely understand it because the death penalty ends up affecting a bunch of people that are not the people who committed yes. the crimes. The people who committed the crimes all get fired, and then the death penalty means what? A bunch of players, a bunch of students, a bunch of administrators, an entire community of fans suddenly don't have their team, and they did nothing wrong. So. I think there are ways to handle it. I rarely think that's the right thing. We will get into that coming up. There's also a lot more breaking news, uh, which uh, you'll hear more from from Gascon in just a second, but I want to pass along. A.J. McCarron is no longer a Buffalo Bill. He has been traded to the Oakland Raiders, who have been uh, – got the Raiders right now have phones attached to both ears. They have sent a fifth-round pick to the Bills – for A.J. McCarron. So no Khalil Mack, but it's all good. They've got A.J. McCarron now. So uh, so that's cool. And then this is not breaking news yet. However, it is certainly trending in that direction. There is reason to believe that on the final play of practice today with the 49ers, that running back Jarek McKinnon may have torn his ACL. He went down on a non-contact injury Kyle Shanahan has admitted directly that there is concern that it is an ACL injury not confirmed as of yet. They're doing the MRI right now, but all accounts were that it did not look good. And, Rich, it's rare that the accounts are like that, and then you come out and get good news. Yeah. No, look, one of the things that I've learned from all my years playing uh, football and from all my years watching it is when there's a non-contact knee injury, the majority of the times it's the ACL. I don't understand exactly why, if it's the torsional twist during a cut or, or how it's exposed as a weak point, uh, but, but I'm telling you, uh, you, you saw it with Julian Edelman in the preseason game where he did his. You've seen it many times over where a guy just all of a sudden drops and he holds his knees. It looks like he was taken out by a sniper. Unfortunately, the ACL is usually the ligament that goes. Yep, and also the Eagles will start Nick Foles on Thursday night. Uh, let's get Gascon in here. Is there anything else for you to say, uh, or did we I, just steal all of your yeah, thunder? Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I guess we could trade roles if you want. I yeah, mean, man. Could... I'll come in there. You want me to come in there? You come out here talk to Rich a little bit, and I'll go in there and just watch football. I, I was a little jealous of you guys last night, in fact, because you guys oh, enjoyed a, a fine it, evening it, of football in oh, California. Yes, it has been a whirlwind of a weekend already, yes. <laughs> That's good. 
man. Yeah, I, I woke up in San Francisco, and now I'm in L.A. How about you? Were you in San Fran, or were you in Palo Alto? Well, I, wo- I woke up in Palo Alto, okay. but I flew out of San Francisco. Gotcha. Let's put it that way, yeah. Right, fair yeah. enough. That's yeah. where the G5 was. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Champagne, well, suckers. Yeah, you go from college football on a Friday night to college football this Saturday, but of course we will lead off in the National Football League. So just breaking down that news from earlier today, Khalil Mack going to the Chicago Bears. Raiders will get a 2019 first-round and sixth-round pick, a 2020 first-round pick, and a third-round pick. Chicago, in return, gets Mack, a 2020 second-round pick, and also a conditional fifth-round pick. As you mentioned, Mark, A.J. McCarron going from Buffalo to Oakland. Bills get a fifth-round pick. Houston Texans have placed running back Deontay Foreman on the PUP list with a bad Achilles tendon. Dallas Cowboys have released somebody, and it's a kicker. Dan Bailey got released today. That's a little bit of a shocker. Uh, Minnesota Vikings' Terrence Newman has called it quits. He's retired. Bengals have placed quarterback Matt Barkley on IR. He's done for the year. They've released defensive end Michael Johnson. And, guys, you guys remember uh, a certain game between Michigan and Appalachian State? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, do remember, remember that. Yeah, yes. It was yes. maybe 10 years ago-ish. Let me take you to Happy Valley. He goes past Cheka. He's gone. 50, 40, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Appalachian State. They come right back with Darrington Evans, who takes it 99 yards. Oh, Guys. gosh. Uh, Appalachian State again. Uh, they're up right now over come Penn on. State. 10-7. Oh, yeah, it's oh, over Penn State. Yes. Let's go, Appalachian State, whatever you're called. What are they called? Appalachian State in the second quarter leading Penn State right now. I've always loved App State. Uh, they're the Mountaineers, by the way. Oh, the, go Mountaineers. <laughs> this is not great. This would be so mean, it's fun not great. today. I, I'm a Nittany Lion. Yeah. Who cares, though? Yeah, yeah. I mean, who I'd cares like, about you? Yeah. This is early. You can have an early loss and still come back. And I suppose you're right. Playoff. I suppose you're right. <laughs> yeah, man. This is, this is not about you, Rich. It's yeah, not Rich. About you. It feels like it's about me. Well, most of the time, but okay. not today. All right. Uh, speaking of the Mountaineers, West Virginia dumping on Tennessee right now, 10-0 in the second quarter. USC with an early field goal leading UNLV, 3-0. A couple finals from earlier today. Oklahoma big over Mark's Florida Atlantic. Team. Oh, I love them. Yes. How did Lane do today? Did uh, he score any touchdowns? No, but his defense got uh, got roughed up. Rodney Anderson on the ground only had five carries for 100 yards and two TDs. Oklahoma 63, FAU 14. Clemson beat Furman, number five, Ohio State. Okay. They had 56 yeah. in the third quarter, and now they have 77. Look, I mean, it could have been 63 to nothing. It was 63 to 14. I'm good with that. Get <laughs> you go fine. Yeah. Oh, no, that's good. Ohio State 77, <laughs> Oregon State 31. And right now, Auburn leading Washington. Tigers are on the move, though. They're near midfield. They're up 9 to 3. Ball game sits the start of the second quarter. Gentlemen, back Okey to you. Okie dokie. Thank you very much, Gascon. We appreciate it. It's Mark and Rich. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Also want to mention that pros in the know start with Lowe's. Save 5% on eligible purchases every day. Made with a Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% savings in-store and online subject to credit approval. Cannot be combined with other credit offers, exclusion supplies. See store for details, U.S. only. Uh, somebody wants to call us crazy on the uh, on the phone line. We'll do that in a second. But I also have some breaking news for you, Rich. Okay. Because you and I are in a fantasy league together, 
and the free agent waiver process, because we haven't gotten to Sunday or Monday yet, has not started yet. Excellent. So therefore, you can go in and just grab guys right. who didn't get drafted. And the breaking news is, I just stole Alfred Morris from all you suckers. Oh, okay. Now, I hate to, I, I don't mean, listen. Oh, like, good, a B-level back good. That's I'm great. simply. No, that'll be, that'll be good for your this team. This is not sure. a celebration thing. I am a 49er fan. The Jarek McKinnon stuff, this is awful. I am broken up over it, but business is business. And, uh, and I had to handle some business. I mean, I look, good luck with the pickup. I mean, a guy who was the dregs of the draft as far as our room was concerned. And quite frankly, when you uh, when you go with your heart instead of, uh, instead of savvy, uh, that bodes well for me this week. All right. Well, I also have Carson Wentz as my quarterback, and he's not even playing this week. <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. I got to back up. Everything's fine. Uh, let's go to Joe Rader, who... What is it about your name, Joe, that tells me this is not going to be an objective take? Feel, what is it about you? I feel like Joe just, likes the Broncos. Yeah, like I'm I'm sensing something here, Joe. What is it? <laughs> put, put the pipe down, guys. I live in Kansas City, and I'm a diehard Oakland Raider fan. Yeah, okay. So I want to discuss the – so, yes, Max, great, but you know what? <laughs> he don't – no. If, if, he don't want, if he don't like the head coach, why do you want him on the team? Get the best you can. The Ooh. Jets offered early in the week a one and three. We're getting two number ones, a three and a five. The and and you gave up. Out. And you gave up a two and a Hall of Famer. But 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 who's counting? Well, I mean, what do you do when the guy wants out? It don't matter what well, they would have gave him. Joe, he wanted out of Oakland. Joe, no, he didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, he, he didn't. Wa- he wanted money, yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. He didn't. No, how does this is the same thing that happened to Kawhi Leonard? Oh, I doesn't like the coach. How do you know? The guy hasn't said a word. The only thing he said in the last month was that he tweeted, I miss football. Nobody ever said I didn't talk to Gruden. I've heard him reported that he felt disrespected that Gruden didn't talk to him. I feel like Gruden might not like Khalil, not the other way around, Joe. National sports guys, he did not like that Gruden didn't embrace him. Okay? Now, I don't know where you guys are getting your info. He didn't like that. Well, okay. I, Joe, I just said that. So who who made if, – if you don't like that a coach doesn't embrace you, in your opinion, who made the first move? Yeah, by the way, before Gruden got in there, weren't you a Mac fan? How did this all of a sudden change? I'm a Big Mac fan. I'm a Big Mac fan. Well, who That's doesn't like a Big Mac? I mean, I like Whoppers also. You, yeah. Guys, you got to get what you got to get. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Listen, listen, Joe, I understand. Look, I, you know what, Joe, thank you for the call. Here's the deal with team allegiances <laughs> that confuse uh, the ever-living hell out of me. All of a sudden, Mac is enemy number one oh, because he, he wanted to hold out for more dough. Gruden just signed a $100 million contract. Right. Okay? Right. I, I mean, to a right. certain degree, that handicaps how much an owner's willing to part with as far as guaranteed monies for players. The players are the actual people who win the games. And this is a franchise who's turning their back on another city to chase more money and more greed in the desert. And you're telling me your allegiances go with the... Re- I just don't get it. That's right. Okay, so remember, if we're to believe where, quote-unquote, our information comes from, let's remember now, the Raiders just paid a coach $100 million. They're moving to the state of Nevada that can approve public funds over a lunch break. Yes. And they're getting a billion dollars to do that. And somehow the narrative is hitting social media. The Raiders can't afford Khalil Mack. Are you kidding me right now? The Raiders can afford Khalil Mack. The Raiders decided not to afford Khalil Mack. And John Gruden decided to not reach out 
to Khalil Mack. And if Khalil is offended by that, I wholeheartedly understand why. You ever? Yeah, I mean, like, I had this experience one time where, you know, you you can rent houses. You can go different places now. You don't have to stay in a hotel. And we did this based on pictures. We the RBO, huh? One of those deals, yeah. yeah. So we, we approached this place. Nice place, right? Big spread, nice pool in the back. And we go in the house, and they've got lawn furniture decorating this house. And I'm thinking to myself, okay. <laughs> Okay, you're going to have this big, beautiful house, and I understand you're not living there. You're lending it to other people. However, you're going to put lawn furniture in there. That's what's happening here, people. The Raiders are moving to a big, shiny new house that they're not going to furnish. They're going to invite people in. They're going to say, hey, come stay a while. But guess what? You're going to be sitting on lawn furniture. Enjoy. Khalil Mack is a superstar. What they've done is they've pushed forward the date when the Raiders are going to be successful because they've completely depleted the well on the defensive side. I have no faith that this team's going to be able to play great defense this season because last year they had Khalil Mack and they haven't made many changes and they were pretty porous last year, so I'm expecting to see more of the same this season. Okay, we've got more cut-down breaking news that is of a high interest level that's next mark and rich fox sports radio news quick way you can save some money switch to geico go to geico.com and in 15 minutes save 15 percent or more on car insurance more breaking news you watching hard knocks oh yeah tight end devin kajust go on didn't make it yeah no kidding look kajust <laughs> Like I don't mean I don't Wait mean a minute, to it break looked, everyone's heart. No, it looked like he, I talked to you about this a week ago. You're like he's gonna make it. I said he's gonna make it if what they're showing because they showed all these positive clips. Did, of did you Caduce. see what they showed this week? Yeah, yeah, I did. And then I'm like, <laughs> oh, there you have it. If you're Bells is sitting there trying to show him how to get leverage on someone and blocking, he's like, no, 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 you're doing it all wrong. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's not gonna make it, is he? And, uh, you know, another heart heart throb on that show, Brogan Roback is not going to make the team either. That's, yeah, that's, uh, I'll tell you what, that's a shocker. Th- yeah, look, this is, this is the way the NFL goes. If you have one part of your game that shines, whether it be you're a pretty talented special teamer, it better be uh, outstanding. Uh, you, you know, if you're a really good pass catcher at tight end, it better be outstanding if you're going to have other parts of your game that struggle. And if you're a tight end in the league, Unless you're catching balls like Antonio Gates. Yeah, like Gronkish. Like yeah. Gronk. I mean, even he can block. He can though. block, yeah. But, I mean, if you are just going to be a receiving tight end, you need to be one of those guys who 50-50 balls plus you're coming down with all of them, right? right. So this is this is, uh, this is is par for the course. Okay. The guy who was trying to make the roster and didn't make it. How about this? Boy, big things happen in threes, don't they? What a great day to be an Oakland Raider fan. It started with you traded your best player. Right. And then it weaved toward, hey, cool, you got a new backup quarterback. Sure. They cut Connor Cook, by the way, in that A.J. McCarron trade. Interesting. And now this. As of the 4 p.m. Eastern deadline, which has now passed, however, not all teams have submitted all of the information all the way to the league and had that get to the reporters yet. But the plan has been and all the reporters agree that this will follow through. The Raiders are planning to release wide receiver Martavis Bryant, who they just gave up a third-round pick for 
a couple of months ago. Oh, by the way, Bryant has been informed of a drug suspension by the league and has a pending appeal. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And somehow, and this is so Raider fan, and I know, Raider fan, you haven't gone through your, how many stages of grief are there? How many stages are uh, there? Are I there think four? There's, there's seven. Seven. Maybe ten yeah. steps. Y'all, y'all aren't on your second stage well, yet. Whatever. What? What's okay? Five, there's five. Five. Which stage is acceptance? Oh, that's late. Okay, that's a late stage here. So none of them have gotten there <laughs> no, yet. Acceptance no, no, is no. the fifth stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, yeah. At this point, the Raiders are creating a new stage. It, it, <laughs> it's so clear to me that y'all haven't gotten there yet because everybody's like, "I love the trade." And what do you, boy? You guys are crazy. I just the, pictured John Gruden's on the phone going. Hey, how's it going over there? <laughs> yeah, we're just dealing and wheeling over here. We got tons of picks. We're willing to sell. We're alive. What do you got there? What'd you say? A broken dishwasher? We'll give you a fourth rounder for it. <laughs> Send her over. What is it? A Bosch? Yeah, we're good on that. Oh my gosh! Hey, can that quarterback play a little? Can that can can that dishwasher play a little quarterback? All right. Okay, that's what I like to hear. You know how the Raider logo is the guy with the eye patch, right? John Gruden literally looks like one of the pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean right now. He's in a rocking chair. He's got a gun in one hand. He's got a he's got a bottle of bourbon in the other, and he's just sitting there rocking back and forth, firing shots off. And they may or may not hit what the hell he was thinking. Eh, Martavis for a third. Nah, let's get rid of him. Hey, that McCarron guy looked like crap all preseason. Let's give up a draft pick for him. I just oh, picture- our best player, Khalil Mack. Yeah, don't need him. Not calling him. John Gruden sat down with general manager Reggie McKenzie and owner Mark Davis and was like, "Check this out, fellas." <laughs> We're going to run this operation just like my fantasy football league. You understand? We're just going to make trades. It doesn't matter. At the end of the league, hopefully we win the pot, right? Okay, right. Break. Let's go. We're going to run X spider white banana. John Gruden's motto. Well, at least I'm getting my 10 mil. (laughs) That that check's going to clear either way. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. This is the worst day in the history of the Raiders organization. Well, for most of them. (laughs) I think that was when they drafted Jamarcus Russell. Well, okay. All right, so we'll slow down a bit. I mean, is everybody suddenly remembering the Super Bowl when Gruden got traded to another team and came back and crushed the Raiders in the Super Bowl and they've been bad since? Is it possible he's still working for Tampa? What are we doing here? Well, you called me a pirate a second ago. I am a buccaneer. That's exactly what I've had. I've jumped ship on the Raiders, and I'm now a mole inside the organization. I'm trying to take it down from within. Okay, Dan and Tustin, I think, likes the trade. Uh, Clearly only on stage one of the grief cycle. Uh, Dan, thanks for calling. What's going on? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. I've been a Raider fan since I was eight years old, Super Bowl XI. I'm Khalil Mack. Arguably the best player in the league. I'd love to have him on the team, but no player is bigger than the team. And you can't hold the team hostage and be talking about missing regular season games when you're under contract. Whoa, you wanted whoa, the long term guaranteed Dan, money. Dan, uh, what about holding the fan base hostage? Khalil Mack is a star. They have money to spend. What about saying to the fans, you know what? This guy has performed extremely well. We have a ton of faith in John Gruden and the organization and how we're putting together a winner. We're going to pay this man his money and we're going to get a ton of sacks and have an exciting defense. I, this confuses me. You're a Raiders fan. Why would you be on the side of them not spending money? money on the assets that you watch on Sundays. 
because the team is more important than the player, and he's got to honor the contract. He's he wanted they, they want got, the long term guaranteed Dan. money. You signed the long term deal. Dan. Bet on yourself. Ball Dan. out, and then you know. Bet on yourself. Bet on yourself. Have you seen what these guys do on a weekly basis? They take every limb on their body and just huck it out there on the field and hope. That's what playing in the NFL is. You don't have that chance to bet on yourself, especially not in a trench position. Dan, the Raiders will play the Rams next week. The Rams are in the exact same situation. Did you catch the news yesterday? They gave Aaron Donald the biggest contract in the history of defense. That's how you handle this. Julio Jones held the Falcons hostage. What'd they do? Break it off. Aaron Donald held them hostage. What'd they do? Break it off. Odell Beckham flirted with the idea of holding them hostage. What'd the Giants do? Break it off. You gotta share when the going is good, and the going is good in the NFL. Good first-round picks, by the way. That's a 5-11 and 11 team. Uh, the best defensive okay. player in the league's worth a point yeah. and a half a game. Oh, but, right. but hang on. Right. That, is the be- that might be the best defensive player in the league this year. Dan, thanks for the call. And this idea of honoring contracts confounds me. The NFL, the owners don't honor contracts. Thank you. You'll see good players get cut because there was injury at defensive back. Well, we're holding too many tight ends. And even though this guy's performed really well and he's on a four-year deal, we're going to cut him because... Because we need to sign a couple of D-backs. This happens all the time. There's no honor in this business. Everybody's got to get theirs while they can. D-backs. D-backs. I'm glad you said D-backs. I thought you were about to say something else there. Secondary players. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bill Plasky next hour. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, 877-99 on Fox. Um, glad to take your calls as they keep on coming. Uh, we're just getting started. Lots going on in college football And coming up next, an NFL quarterback who's about to ball out. All right, Bill Plaschke in a half hour. Believe it or not, there is one very juicy NBA note. And it's got to be juicy to work its way into today. Oh, I know. I mean, my gosh. I looked at you like half-cocked when you said an NBA note. What are we – like college football is everywhere. There's breaking NFL news trickling out every second. Yep. Yep, but I look, mean, Devin Kajust, for crying out loud. Did not make the Browns, I know. It's bigger than that, though. Okay. LeBron James will sign 14 max-level free agents next summer, I believe, or something <laughs> like that. We'll get to it coming up. <clears throat> but it does bode well for the Lakers coming up next summer. We are boding well right now live in the uh, Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you. 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. Just got the best tweet of the day. And it goes to Eddie on Twitter, uh, EDig17. Eddie, thank you for this tweet. McCarran and his wife will now be reunited with Brent Mossberger. Oh, wow. There it is. That is That's a- from Eddie. <laughs> there it is. Catherine Webb and Brent Musburger <laughs> are now reunited in Las Vegas, of all places. Quarterback with Raiders. the Las Vegas Raiders. Maybe Brent and Catherine uh, can get you know married at midnight at the chapel if anything ever goes bad with AJ. Well, listen, I mean, uh, Elvis is uh, always on call. Uh, so, yeah, you never know. You never know. This is uh, this is big news for Raiders fans who are going through a lot. I also am getting a lot of reaction to the tweet I just sent out, which is this. It's the worst day in the history of the Raiders. Some people are firing back. What about the day they picked Jamarcus Russell? Yeah, but this is worse. 
That was one pick that went wrong. That happens to every team. This is willful, willful mistakes. This is willfully taking your best player and sending him out the door in exchange for a package of maybes down the road simply because of money? Money. You're an NFL team. Yeah. People say, I said this to my daughter last week, you know money doesn't grow on trees. I forgot the back half of the sentence. Dot, dot, dot. Unless you run an NFL team. Yeah. It's unbelievable what they're doing. No, I, I, I'm not. Well, and the funny thing is, it's not even just it's not even just the money that they're deciding not to spend. It's also the assets they're deciding to throw away. Now, I'm not making an argument for Martavis Bryant, but I may not have made an argument for him in the first place. Some of these trades are really, really confusing. I, I just look when this all shakes out. If somehow Rudin's got Gruden's got the the secret sauce and he provides the Oakland slash Las Vegas fan base with a winner here. I'll be shocked because, at least from a preseason standpoint, this looks like a mess. All right. Can we also mention uh, a couple other things? A, your Penn State Nittany Lions. They're going to win the national title this year. However, I don't know if they're going to beat App State. They're heading to the locker room. It is halftime. Penn State and App State tied at 10. Yeah, this one's a bit of a knee knocker, I would say. Uh, <laughs> unnecessarily so. What the hell are your guys doing out there, huh? I'm not really sure. I, uh, they, don't, I, <laughs> they don't look very happy right now. I'm going to pass this along. You notice anything different about Penn State this year? Uh, Saquon Barkley's yeah. not there. Yeah, Saquon Barkley's a giant, and um, that's a giant yeah, hole but, on yeah, the but, offense. Okay, hold on. They did, So what you're telling me is if Barkley missed the game with an ankle tweak, they were going to lose last year to App State? And Akron, probably. Okay, oh, yeah. The okay, Zips, had, they, they really posed a strong you, challenge. I, no, I, look, I your App, boy McSorley was a Heisman candidate. Th- these things happen game one. Yeah, not often. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather <laughs> them take their lumps first half of game one oh. than in the national title game. Let me promise you something right now i know the theory in college football is you can sustain an early loss sure not to app state if they lose this game that's a wrap bud hmm. that's a wrap that seems uh that seems over the top to me i don't i, don't, I refuse to believe <laughs> no, that what does app state stand for is that appetizer <laughs> state it, it is over. I should have gone yeah, there it is, it is hard to say app and not get hungry i, I mean it, every time you say it, it i'm like is there like an apple? Like, what, are we, what do we got? Nachos or potato skins? What, what about are we doing? This, what about this? The backup for Penn State, who actually saw action because McSorley only passed for sixty-nine well, all yards. All the all the football players see action. They're on a the, college campus. The backup well, for you. Penn State is Big Mac Hippenhammer. There's what? what? what say the, that what, again. What, is what that his you, given name? Big Mac. I'm calling him Big Mac, but his Mac. Hippenhammer. His name's Mac, Mac Hick- Hippenhammer? Hippenhammer. Hippenhammer. How's he not starting? That's amazing. Tell you right and now, I guarantee you his nickname is Big Mac. I'm letting you know right now. That is fake news. No, it's <laughs> not. Fake you news. are fake news. It's you not. are fake news. By the way, a bunch of people who work in and around the Raiders tweeted out that any thought of a Khalil Mack trade was hashtag fake news over the last 48 hours. Oh, my goodness. And they forgot to delete the tweets over the last five hours. I'm just going to say, there's a lot of fun going on <laughs> so, in social some media of those right now. on our network. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I didn't name anybody in particular. <laughs> you can Sometimes you call your shots and you strike out. And that, you know, that's happened. You, you know, you miss a thousand shots you don't take, whatever whatever. Oh, gosh. There is there is so much news uh, diving in right now. So if you are just joining us, let's go through uh, the top-level stuff. Khalil Mack is a bear. 
And the Raiders did get two ones and a three, but also gave up a two right. in order to make that happen. So uh, Khalil Mack is a bear. Nick Foles is starting for the Eagles on Thursday night. Right. Jarek McKinnon might have tore his ACL at 49ers practice today. Adam Schefter four minutes ago. The fear is that Jarek McKinnon tore his ACL per source. Scheduled for an MRI to see the extent of the injury. Uh, but, you know, you having played in the NFL – uh, me having had the opportunity to talk to a lot of the doctors and 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 people who handle this, it's fascinating what uh, you know I've sort of had you know shared with us or whatever when it comes to ACLs. Doctors in the NFL believe they know right away. Oh no, they do. They I've know seen right this away. done. I'll tell you the how, test. How often would a doctor misdiagnose right there on the field? No, it's so rare. The only times. <laughs> They do what's called a knee draw test where they're moving the knee like left to right and they can tell if if the ACL is there. It's it's so simple. Like they, they almost kind of like hyperextend it a little bit and then wiggle it around. And if they don't feel anything tugging against their hand, they know the ACL is gone. They do it all the time. Also, more bad news for uh, the Raiders, uh, Martavis Bryant, they have to, to cut him. He faces another sub- suspension now. It's like it's just bad news after bad news for the Raiders fan base. Right let, me, now. Let, me, let me let me let's take stock of the moment here. This is what's left the Raiders today. Khalil Mack, a second round draft pick. Yes. Martavis Bryant. Yes. A third round draft pick that they gave up for Martavis Bryant. That's also true. And a fifth round draft pick. Yeah, in the Khalil Mack deal. Yeah. Here, here's what they got back. A.J. McCarron. That is correct. But, oh, and some hope. (laughs) And some hope. You have the Bears' first-round picks for the next two years. In other words, everyone's like, ooh, two ones. Realize that as a fan, somebody who's hoping to be entertained, by the time the second one even gets into your sphere of vision, I mean, we're talking... Two and a half years from now. Yeah. This kid's not even going to get picked for almost another two years. Then he's got to play a rookie season, and how often is that amazing? It might be, but it also likely means we're talking two and a half to three years before that second pick bears any fruit. Look, I, I, I say this all the time to people who try to pitch to me this idea of, oh, the rebuild, like, you know, this is smart. Smart isn't fun. Good is fun. Let me give you an example of two teams that play in the National Football League in the same state, and you tell me which one you'd rather root for. One's pitching hope. One is selling good. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland Browns are always promising to be good. The Cincinnati Bengals are actually good. So one's prospecting and one's actually providing players. But are the Bengals good right now? They've made it to the playoffs how many times over the last decade? Tell me how many playoff appearances the Browns had. Now, I'm not saying they're great, but they're good. I I would rather trade in consistently good with the potential of aberrant greatness as opposed to just consistently be being being promised See, great that's and then have an a, maybe an inevitable success. Yeah, but at the same time, uh, from an entertainment product standpoint, I feel like the Bengals are one of those teams, the Dolphins are another. You get stuck. You get stuck because we have a quarterback, and all we can say about him is 
Well, he doesn't stink, right? Well, you could say okay, he's so, re- you could say and, he's really good, and nobody would give you side eyes. He's really good. Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton's really good. Yeah, no, I'd give you side eyes on really good. I, I no, Andy, he's if not you, great. If you take the word "really" out of it, I'm starting to get open minded. <laughs> no, Andy I, I, Dalton listen. is not really good. Andy Dalton's really good. No, he's no, because he's not. Quarterbacks in my well, it's, it's all subjective, anyways. Andy Andy Dalton is a starting quarterback in this league. Okay, and, now and, we're getting to more accurate well, statements. Hang on, Andy and, Dalton is a starting and quarterback, he's, and he's. <laughs> easily in the second third of quarterbacks you'd want. So I consider him really good. So he's the middle of the Packer. Yeah. Well, of course he's a really good – I mean, really good based – like he's in the NFL. Well, right. So that means he's really good. Andy Dalton's so a Gino really Smith. good – He's really good. Well, he's an no, NFL no, quarterback. He, uh, Gino Smith is a career backup. He's not really good. Gino he is Smith, really good. He's one of Gino the best Smith's, 50 quarterbacks on the planet. Yeah, he's okay. As far as an NFL goes, yeah. this is my point. Andy Dalton is one of the best 25 guys on the planet. He's not one of the best 10 hey, or 15. Uh, look, if you're going to argue idiotic semantics, we could sit here Idiotic semantics? You want me to go team by team and see how many guys would trade their guy for Andy Dalton? Yeah, I bet we going, wouldn't get there, past about six. There's go- well, precisely. I'm talking about me. He beats out that- the 10th from the bottom guy. He's really good. The rest of the guys are what? good. What? No. Mark, to be a starter in this league, you have to be a good quarterback. Yes. You use the word to be really. One, yes. To be one of the middle of the pack, you got to be really good. And to be one of the elite, you got to be great. I'm just striating these mm. things. The point I'm trying to tell, the, the point I'm trying to make is we, there hasn't even been an okay quarterback starting for Cleveland for any consistent amount of time. That's, well, that's true. And so when you look at the two things, prospecting for greatness at a position that's so important or having somebody who who's really good for a long-standing stretch of time, I'm taking the team that has the really good asset at a very important position on the football field. Third-best quarterback in his division, and I'm running through the AFC just a once-over. I got no more than two teams that would want him. Yeah. Based on who they got. Well, and also you're prospecting because you're going to tell me that Baker Mayfield beats him out. You're going to also tell me that Tyrod Taylor beats him Tyrod out. Tyrod Taylor gonna, does beat him out. You're telling me that, that uh, Sam, Sam Darnold, Darnold yes, beats him out. Yes. Yeah, well, you haven't seen him play in the NFL. He's played a preseason. But listen, Andy Dalton's a really good quarterback. Pick. He's never going to convince me otherwise. I mean, go to his stat line. See what he's done through his career. He's Look, regardless of what's happened in the playoffs for Dalton – it doesn't refute the point that he's a really good quarterback. And this idea that you would defend a team prospecting as opposed to providing something already proven is the point we're making about the Raiders in the first place. They traded away their franchise player on their defense to prospect for the future. They're selling their their fan base fool's gold. Okay, uh, GM in the NFL – under the radar comment, but it's huge news and messaging to a big name quarterback. We'll tell you who that is coming up next. And oh, by the way, Andy Dalton was the 18th rated quarterback in the NFL last year. Don't at me. Like I said, middle of the pack. That's really good. Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer was built to save you time and money by allowing you to compare multiple quote options all online. So head to progressive.com today and see if you can save. Excited for Thursday, so general managers and coaches will stop lying to us. Here's the latest one, and it comes from the general manager of the Buccaneers, who says that Jameis Winston might not start even when he's eligible week four. Boy, I'll tell you what, if I had a nickel 
for every time that I said Tampa Bay is going to be moving on from Jameis Winston, I'd have a bunch. Well, they might. Because I've been saying this for years. I, I like – I, I just don't see the allure, and quite frankly, with Mariota either. I just I I don't look at two. I don't I'll either. Buy, I'll buy they that. were one and two in their respective drafts. We've seen them for four years. Have you ever like like scratched the record to a halt and been like, whoa? Did you see well, I, Winston or Mariota last night? I don't think I've done it once. Mariota. Flashback to exactly a year ago. Yeah. Uh, I remember being at a fantasy draft for my then 10-year-old son. The, the, the fifth graders all get together and do a little draft together. That's awesome. It's fun. The dads are sitting in the back just eating and drinking. That's all. We're, we're just sitting there having a great time. It's so <laughs> much fun. And I'm telling you, a bunch of the dads, like, we make sure let's let the kids make the pick. Yeah. Because they'll come over and, Dad, what should I do? And I'll be like, take whoever you want. But we're over there whispering about what they what they should do, yeah. and what yeah. we, you know, like all right. So I'm telling you, a year ago today, because we will do this on Monday. We do it on Labor Day every yeah. year. A year ago today, I had so many multiple dads, football fans, and all of them were like, "Oh, the sneaky pick this year. I hope my kid get Winston or Mariota. Yeah, no. Winston. This is the year." And did you notice, because it was, for both of them, I think, what, year three? Yes. Year three last year. Uh, year three or year four? Isn't I can't this remember. year four? I think this is year four. Yeah, it might be right. Right? Am I right or am <laughs> time, I right or am time, I right or am I wrong? Time does fly, I think it? this is going to be year four for those two guys. Yeah, well, one I'm two looking at right now. Yep. Anyway, the expectation was it's year three. This is the yeah, year. Yeah, this is year four. Right. You got it. So they were going into year three, and everyone thought, ooh, this is the year they are going to boogie. Right. Did anybody watch football last year? Neither one of them boogied. They did not boogie. Mariota had a terrible preseason. Winston had a really good one, uh, if you take away the fact that he now doesn't get to play football for three weeks. But here's how I read this. I don't know how Winston's going to play this year. What I do believe is this thought, he may not play week four, even when he's eligible. Oh, he's playing. He's playing because Ryan Fitzpatrick's not going to go 3-0. and And even if he does, we all know Winston, for all his faults, he's going to win than Ryan Fitzpatrick will. What this was was simply a statement. It was a statement a la what the Chiefs said to Alex Smith on draft day last year, which is, here's the deal, Mr. Winston. This is the year. And we don't mean sort of, kind of. This is the year, and you show big stuff. Or else we're out because we're not convinced on you. And oh, by the way, I have a hard time imagining this is the year for Jameis because even if he plays well, have you noticed the other three quarterbacks in his division have all won the MVP award? Like, he's hosed. Yeah. He does not have the roster nor the ability to compete in his own division. Let me also add this. There's there's an aspect to this, and I know I have the insight from, from being in touch with players who played with Jameis, definitely walked in and had the prestige of a first-rounder and acted like a first-rounder from the standpoint of he knew that this was his ship to guide now. Okay. So he walked in the doors and he took over as the leader. And players who were there before him – acquiesced they understood what was happening and they allowed for this to occur so they handed the reins over to Jameis and he shined in moments he really showed that he had the stuff to be a pro 
And that's really what you're hoping for in year one with a rookie quarterback at any level, whether you draft him first round or he's an undrafted free agent. If he's forced into the fire, does he look like a pro? He did. Year two, I know for a fact that the leadership continued, this this growth into that commanding position over the team, it definitely grew. The play did not. And there were definitely some people who were going, yeah, Jim's getting on a couple people's nerves around here. Okay. And then year three comes around. Jameis wasn't really playing all that great. And then on top of it, he was doing some wacky stuff. He was finding the cameras. He was making a show of himself. Didn't he do that thing in New Orleans where he got – didn't he get suspended or something no. for getting involved in a, a fight or, oh, or maybe. something? You know what? Yeah. Maybe it was just a fine, but he got involved in someone else's argument. There was trash talking from the sideline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In New Orleans last year. I remember this. There, the, And there was this instant instance where he was in the middle of a huddle trying to fire up maybe a handful of players on the team, and it was directly in front of a camera where he was shouting that, we're going to eat some W's and he puts a W together with his fingers and starts chomping on his fingers and you could see there's eye rolling. People are just like what is going on? This guy's lost his mind. When somebody is the hype man but they don't have the play to back it, nobody buys it. So Drew Brees is the hype man. Drew Brees finds the camera. Trust me when I tell you Drew's aware. Drew also throws for over 4,000 yards every season. Drew also, like you mentioned, won the MVP. Five. Yeah. <laughs> this is a guy. This is yeah. a guy who absolutely makes it rain. So people will put up with some of the leadership qualities that step overboard, and th- you can't do that if you're Jameis Winston. So he's starting to rub people raw down there in Tampa. Yeah, no, I, I, I have no doubts that that is the case. I think this is a huge year for both of those guys who were drafted one and two overall four years ago. I don't think that. Uh, that, that anybody at all is convinced of anything yeah. uh, in, in either of those cities. All right, we do have some college things coming down the stretch, some other things to pass along uh, because of all the breaking news. We've been NFL heavy through our first 90 minutes, um, and we will continue to be, but also let's get to a lot of the college going on. That game on FS1 is back playing again, Texas and Maryland, and it is coming down the stretch. Minute 23 to go. Maryland leads Texas now 34-29, to but Texas has the ball in a first down into Maryland territory. They're on the move. So this is great. Here are a couple other things to pass along. Let me confirm that it's still the case. Yes, it is. We're approaching halftime at the Coliseum in Los Angeles, and USC, with a freshman starting quarterback, is trailing at home against UNLV. They are trailing at home against a middle-of-the-Mountain West team. Yeah. 14 to 12 is the score there. And uh, Richard Ornberger the eighth, your Nittany Lions are just not shaking Appalachian State. They are underway in the second half. Penn State and Appalachian State tied at 10 right now as we speak. They're going to handle this one. This is, you know, I what? mean, probably. I'm going to but... let you know something, and and I I would I would stake something on this bet because like this this has happened before during my career at Penn State where you get snuck up on half, first half of an opener against a cupcake, and what you end up doing in the second half is you score either two quick ones or whatever it ends up being, and then the game gets out of hand fast. I'm guessing that's the way this is going to go. You're guessing or you're staking something on it? What would you like to put on it? Well, what are we betting? What is your statement here? That I'm Penn gonna, State is still going to win by 20 I'm, or more? I'm going to say they're going to win by 14 or more 
and it's going to become quite apparent in the third quarter. No, I'm not betting anything against that. I, I, I agree with you. If you had said 20, we might have had a conversation. No, no. Well, 20. the good thing is I do have uh, several uh, Scooby snacks I can put on my live betting account. Okay. So you're saying good. they're going to cover 14 points. So you're going to say they're going to cover 14 or uh, win by cover 13? I'm going to say they're going to cover 13 and a, and a hook. 13 and a hook. That's just not – I mean, it's Appalachian <laughs> State. That was actually not that – there was not as much bravado there as I thought there was going to be. I, listen, I, I th- this is just I, – I mean, I, everybody likes to worry about a halftime score. I, I'm not buying that Appalachian State's oh, going to win this game. It's not halftime either, so there's that. You know, it's yeah, the third right. quarter. It's but 13 minutes anyway, into this. Um, yeah. All right, uh, talk about bravado. Bill Plaschke is going to join us in two minutes. He's out at the UCLA game today. Um, and we're going to get to this uh, this Laker move that was made earlier today, which seemingly is significant. Uh, we're also going to get David Gascon in here, and David's going to talk really fast because there's about 48 things that he needs to tell you. <laughs> Guys, don't ever forget this when it comes to gambling. Good teams win, great teams cover the spread. <laughs> and uh, Penn State today was minus 24. Oh, gosh. Oh, so Penn State's just like a – uh, slightly above average team. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you this much. One team uh, that, getting the points. One team that did take care of the spread today was Oklahoma. They were minus twenty one, and they just absolutely carved up FAU and Lane Kiffin, sixty three to fourteen. We'll get back to all the college football action today, guys. A couple things in the National Football League. Nick Foles looks to be the Week One starter for Philadelphia. Carson Wentz's knee is just not right yet. Oakland Raiders have traded away. Arguably their most important player, Khalil Mack. <laughs> Not arguably. What do you mean? Derek Carr could be their most important player. I disagree. Khalil Mack is their best player and their most important player. Well, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers is pretty important. Aaron, Derek Carr ain't Aaron Rodgers. Well, I know, but uh, that's, that's quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven league, Mark. You know it's this. It's broke. Oh, man. That's <laughs> it is. It is broke. <laughs> the Raiders the are broke. The whole team is broke. <laughs> Raiders, Raiders are, are saying they're Chargers broke. are yeah. broke. The Raiders are broke. Oh, yeah. Geez. They are. <laughs> They got rivers at least. So oh, yeah, Chargers got rivers. But yeah, they're still broke. <laughs> so the Bears get Mac, a second round and a conditional fifth round pick in 2020. Oakland gets a first round and sixth round pick next year, and also a first round and third round pick in 2020. Oh, and by the way, the Raiders since they got Derek Carr, they also got AJ McCarron now as a backup quarterback. They have cut Connor Cook. They've also traded away a fifth-round pick to the Buffalo Bills. Cowboys have released kicker Dan Bailey. Houston Texans have placed running back Deontay Foreman on the PUP list with a bad Achilles tendon. Bengals have placed quarterback Matt Barkley on IR, released defensive end Michael Johnson. And then back to college football, West Virginia and a weather... We have weather delays up and down <laughs> up and down this thing today. The schedule, there's a weather delay between Tennessee and West Virginia. Mountaineers leading right now 13-7. Appalachian State trying to hold off Penn State. Yep. Nittany Lions right now are tied 10-10. They're at the what? just they're due. Did, didn't we used to play football in weather? We yeah, did. Oh, but yeah. it's the What's thunder. It, it's the thunder and lightning. December's gonna be really weird when they just cancel all the games. <laughs> oh, it's snowing out there. We can't play football. Cl- climate change, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it is real. At the, is spectacular. At, at the half, Auburn leading Washington, but it's only two, 15-13. And Maryland on FS1, they all set a lengthy delay. They just beat Texas. The 23rd-ranked team in the nation goes down. 
Might be some trouble for USC right now. They're trailing UNLV a couple times. Trojans now out in front, 19-14 with a minute to play in the first half. Gentlemen, Mr. Plaschke is on the bat line. All right, there you go. JT Daniels, that freshman quarterback, 13 of 23 for a buck 15 is all today. Uh, no turnovers, uh, but no touchdowns either. They've done most of their work on the ground and on defense. USC leads 19-14 over UNLV. Bill Plaschke, LA Times, joining us. Bill, wonderful to have you. And on a day when the Raiders are giving things away like Santa Claus, uh, you know, we all talk about what kind of a presence the Raiders have in L.A. I wonder, uh, and based on one of the things you wrote in the L.A. Times today, is that starting to be taken away by the Rams simply by the kind of uh, the, the wow factor that's being created by Stan Kroenke uh, because he, he, you know, look, this is all under a cap, but at the same time, he's showing a major willingness to spend. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's no coincidence. Or maybe it is, but on a day, you know, the day before the Raiders get rid of their big defensive lineman, the Rams pay up and keep theirs. And the Rams are doing, yeah, I got, I, you know, I, I'm not in the habit of writing positive columns about ownership, but Stan Kroenke's done everything he has promised to do out here. And people in St. Louis hate hearing that. People in Arsenal in England hate hearing that. But it's the truth out here. And I think that does. I think the Rams are trying to make a dent into the Lakers and Dodgers, and they're trying to make a dent. Mostly, though, you're right, into the Raiders. And I think, how can Raider fans be, how can, I, I can't believe any Raider fan has anything positive to say about any of this today. I don't care how many first-round draft picks they got. This is, a, you know, the, the, guy, the guy led them since 2014. He had the highest percentage sacks of any team in the league. This is their defensive stopper. This is, gives them a chance to win every year. And they just took that away. They just, gave it, they, they just traded that away because they couldn't pay them. So if, if the Raiders, frankly, if the Raiders can't afford to be in a league, then they ought to sell the dang team. I've always said that anyway. If Mark Davis can't afford it. Get out. Because you know, uh, he's, and, and, and he's really doing a Raiders fans a disservice. And the Raider fans, I know they're blindly loyal, but they got to see this. they got to see what's happening. And that's the point that Raider fans keep bringing up with us today, Bill, is the fact that, no, 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 this is all going to work out. We trust. Like, how, how do you do that? Like, if you're going to claim that you don't have money to pay a star, how are you operating in the same league where there's a guy like Kroenke, he's moved into a new place, he's building one, he's spending all of his own money to build it, or most, I should say, and, and he's still providing stars. Do you buy that line at all? No, no, nobody, nobody has spit in the eye of their fans more in the last couple of years than the Raiders. They, you know, let's don't well, forget well, well, the char- Well, the Chargers, leaving. the Chargers, Bill. <laughs> okay, okay, the Chargers, okay. yeah, 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 okay. yeah, maybe. <laughs> but the Raiders, but the Raiders, but the Raiders are leaving Oakland because they can get more money in Vegas. Yet they're not spending that money. Right. So they're not only leaving Oakland, they're abandoning principles of winning football. They're a joke. I mean, they are a joke, and the Raider fans don't hate hearing that. But it's the truth, and it's their blind loyalty. Right? If you think of Raider Nation. It's like Raiders. It's like Raider neighborhood now. That's what I feel. And it's and at some point it's going to sink in. And the Rams have got to produce. But I'm telling you what, the Rams are doing everything they can. They they're guaranteed almost 200 million dollars to players this off season. You know, and they, they shore up the defense. They have, they have the highest paid offensive player, running back in history, highest paid defensive player in history. Building a new stadium. I mean, I don't know what more they can do, and I don't know what less the Raiders can do. So we'll see. I mean, that title's changed slowly, but at some point. 
Raider fans have to get a clue, man. You guys are getting used well, by your ownership. I mean, that's that's going to be a long wait. But anyway, Bill Plasky, LA yeah, Times. Hey, Bill, yeah. Bill, it's a uh, it's a monster football team, uh, football day. But we, we got to get this in the stretch provision and the deal that the Lakers strike with Luol Dang frees up thirty eight million dollars. Just for next year alone, and they've already got a bunch of guys on one-year contracts that's going to free up a bunch more money. So what this means is they, they don't need to just stop at Kawhi Leonard le- next summer. If I had to ask you right now, next fall's Lakers starting lineup, hit me. It'll be LeBron. Okay. Kawhi. Kawhi. Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson. Kyle Kuzma, <laughs> Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and Ingram. Oh, okay, man. so there's so you're just going with five wings. No, no point guard, no center. Nobody, nobody has that anymore. You know that. Yeah, the five best guy. Hell, hell yes. That's not that's, that's not going to work. Okay, I, I sure. I'm sure. To, oh, wait, oh, wait a minute. Lonzo Ball changed his shot. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo Ball. His shot. He, <laughs> he did. He did not change his shot. Did you look at that video? Well, I, mean, I don't, I don't, I don't watch Lonzo Ball videos. I don't like to click on those things and encourage <laughs> okay. people. Big Baller put out a video. Check it out. Says he's changed his shot. He has not changed his shot. It's still ugly and horrific so, as always. So wait a minute. You're not buying when Clay Thompson says, "I want to be a warrior for life." His dad works for the Lakers. And no. Yes, and he works for the Warriors. No. And things have no. Gone he wants rather, to come I don't know home. If you've noticed they've gone. Things have gone rather well for him up there. I don't know, Michael. He believes that his son's okay, going to be a Laker right, okay. eventually. You know what? Michael, no, you know what? Michael's, quote, Michael's okay. quote was, "Clay will be a warrior for life." Hmm. Yeah, Michael's he's, 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 he's most recent. The press, he's taking the pressure off. Okay, you know what? Forget Clay Thompson. How about Kevin Durant instead? There you go. Now you're talking some sense. Durant, actually, that's a mercenary. (laughs) He'll come. He'll come. He'll play for a championship. Oh, he will. He will. He will play for a championship. (laughs) Bill Plasky joining us, LA Times, Mark and Rich. Okay, so UCLA post Rosen era. Chip Kelly walks in. I'm right here. Hey, I'm at the Rose Bowl. I'm at the Rose Bowl, overlooking the buzz. Not a lot of it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Not a UCLA. Just you know, chips. Chip's got his work cut. Chip got his work cut out for you, buddy. Because I'm sitting here and there's not a lot of, lot a lot of traffic, not a lot, a lot of buzz right now, buddy. Uh, do you think he's going to have success, though? I mean, what he was able to com- accomplish in college football, uh, he built up a program. Can he do that in LA? I don't know. You know what? The first year, probably not. I'm not. I don't have. I, I have maybe six wins this year for them because he has. You know, you're the youngest teams in the country. And he's trying a whole new system. We'll see. We'll see if college football's caught up to him, right? We'll see what happened when he left. He's left or he's been gone for several years. We'll see if it's caught up to him or not. I'm not so sure, but he's going to have to. The money they're paying him, the investment they're making in him, you know, I mean, he's, he's got a year honeymoon. So tonight, so tonight if, if they don't do well, I'm not going to rip him and say get rid of him or anything like that. But <laughs> he's, got, he's, got a year, he's got a year honeymoon, but probably not a whole lot more than that. I, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you all think? I think it's just it's not a, it's not a sure bet because the game has changed. And everybody's doing what he did before. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and the NFL teams caught up with it. It took them about, what, a week to catch up to it? So, you know, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But, I, but I'm here yeah. instead of USC because I think, the, I think it is exciting, right? I can't, I can't wait to see what it looks like. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Although I, I, I'm, still, I'm a fan of what Chip Kelly did in the NFL. His record is better than how people remember it. But, Bill, I get it. Hey, uh, thanks for jumping on as always. Wait, wait, his record. How many games did he win his last year in San Francisco? Well, don't forget how many he won in Philadelphia. 
He didn't have any yeah, players he, in San Francisco. Like I he, know, but Chip Philly, Kelly has never had a good quarterback, but he made mediocre ones look good. He, they hated him in Philly. Had, I know that they, they hate everybody in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, but they love Doug Peterson. They hate Danell Pumphrey for some reason. He didn't even make the team yesterday. I mean, so you know, and, he anyway, had, he had. He had Nick Foles. He had a Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, a well, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, Bill, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna text Michael Thompson right now and tell him the blasphemy that you're spitting out on the radio. I think he's just taking the pressure off his child, and I still think it's a, it's a great chance Clay Thompson ends up down here. All right, Bill. Thank you, buddy. See you guys. Okay, there goes Bill Plasky. Uh, he thinks everybody's coming to L.A., just like everybody else in L.A. I think it's going to be Clay and Durant and Leonard and LeBron and Ingram and Kuzma. <laughs> Bring Steph, too. What yeah, the hell? And, and Steph. Right. Uh, we're, uh, and, we're, Boogie. We're, <laughs> and Boogie. And Boogie. Uh, we're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com. Or call 800-947-AUTO, the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It's been rumored all day. It just became official. We'll tell you about that coming up next. Washington is knocking on the door against Auburn. Quietly, this is going to be the game of the day right here. Okay, these are two, two major teams, both expected to do good things this year, and it's a close game in the second half. This is this is the deal right here. I'll give you that. I would say Michigan Notre Dame later well, in the evening. Oh, That's, sure. Later's yeah, yeah, yeah. later. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, right I'm, now, your afternoon docket. The, yeah. I mean, you could choose between this or the stunning finish to Penn State App State. Penn State does now have a seven point lead, and uh, very happy for them. And uh, they have the ball again. So uh, good luck. There you have it. All right. Uh, Washington has just scored, and they have gone ahead of Auburn now. Uh, Washington trailed by two. There's a flag. We will check that one out, but they're only five minutes into the third quarter. Looks like we got a really good game. Uh, If you're just joining us, the 49ers and their faithful are bracing for the news that Jarek McKinnon is going to be out for the year. That seems to be the thought, the expectation, not the hope. Um, And uh, Ian Rappaport has just tweeted out, uh, as you might expect, players and personnel right now with the team are absolutely crushed. This is the kind of stuff, you know, um, that, that, you know, happens the, the first week of the year. I mean, I, I'm reminded of, for instance, what happened with Teddy Bridgewater uh, when that happened at, at a practice. Yep. Even though the season had gotten going, you think about what happened to Deshaun Watson last year. Of course. Where, you know, I mean, you're just you're out there for a practice day. You're, you're not bracing yourself for anything major, and when that happens – um, you know, you wonder about the shockwave that that sends up and down the team. I don't know if you've looked at the start of the Niners' schedule. That sucker is not easy. They're opening up at Minnesota next week, and if you put this kind of an emotional damper on them, might not be a very good start to the year for them. Yeah, there's occasions where, especially at a position like running back, you have somebody step in and it sings. At quarterback, it's a different story. Just Sean Watson, the Houston Texans, they were counting on him being healthy for the season. You could tell the offense just really sputtered after he left. Him and J.J. Watt. J.J. goes down in a game, though. You know, you, you're aware that this is going to be a season ender because of the timing and the place and the space it was in. You're right. You're not expecting to see the season ender at practice. And when it is at the quarterback position, there's definitely a different feeling. Teddy Bridgewater's injury 
I mean, given the severity, but also the position, they canceled the remainder of practice. Well, right. I think it was gruesome. Yeah. Also, like so, I think so people severity, just from a human standpoint, yeah. they were they were really really and probably, overwhelmed. I'll, I will also say this because a lot of people said, "Yeah, they had to cancel practice." I'm like, "Yeah, it was probably close to the end of practice because there's not too many football <laughs> coaches who's like, you know what, we're gonna give up on the day." Like, I'm telling you, that's not really the case. Yeah. Um, but. I'll say this: it's a, it's a, it's very difficult when you have an exciting uh, acquisition, when you're excited about somebody's career with your franchise, and they have an injury like this. Especially, I mean, for no good reason, right? He's at practice and it happens. It's just I look at ligaments like tread on a tire. You get seventy five thousand miles. Be careful how you use it. Well, this is tough too because. Uh, I have a little bit of insight on the free agent signing of Jarek McKinnon. There's a lot of reporters for other teams who have been reporting today on social media how interested other teams were in McKinnon in the offseason, but the 49ers were just gaga. Like, Shanahan yeah. would not be denied. I had a chance to speak a few months ago to Parag Marat, who is their salary cap guy, and he shared the story of a very intense, loud negotiation in the middle of the night. He was talking about how he had to go to the other side of his house so he didn't wake up his girls, and uh, it was uh, it was an intense negotiation. They really, really wanted Jarek McKinnon. They spent a lot of money on him. I think it was a four-year deal for $30 million, yep. and uh, and that's what McKinnon got, and now we're looking at the, uh, the, the possibility of them not having him uh, this year. They start the season. Listen, listen to, you know, you've always talked about this. I've heard other football people do it as well, about four-game seasons. Four four game seasons. Yeah, you break it into quarters. Yeah. You try to win your quarters and split two of the quarters. You need to win them, and then you split the final two. You're a ten win team. Another touchdown, Penn State. By the way, twenty three to ten. Told you they'd blow them out. All right, so no, uh, you sure here, didn't. <laughs> I told you. And look, this well, is it's not look, over yet. Early in this season, again, first half disparities or even close games sure. with a. a well, cupcake. we we yeah. were at one last night. Yeah, not yeah. to say that that means one side's a cupcake or not. San Diego State beat Stanford last year. Uh, but we were at a game last night that was nine to seven at the half. Yep. And then uh, I think Stanford won by what twenty one. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. ended up scoring a whole bunch, throwing it up to their big time receiver. Yeah. So these games get that way. First four games for the 49ers at Minnesota. Then they come home to Detroit at the Chiefs at the Chargers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's three road games against good teams. Look, I get it. When I look at the 49ers, and you were talking about Alfred Morris as a backup, they may have even thought to platoon him with Jarek McKinnon in the first place. Look at what they had, I should say Shanahan had, when he was in uh, Atlanta. They had uh, Tevin Coleman, who's like six one. He's a big bruiser, right? And they had Devontae Freeman, who's 5'9". Well, guess what Jarek McKinnon is? I think he's all of five foot nine. Right. He's one of those smaller scat back types who you're not going to make him your every down guy, but you're excited for what he can lend to the program. They went to the Super Bowl on the backs of Coleman and Freeman when he, when Shanahan was down there in Atlanta, and I think they were expecting to see some of that versatility out of their backfield. This definitely this ties one arm behind their back. So here's the other uh, news that is now official. Martavis Bryant has been cut by the Raiders. Mm. Um, a drug suspension is apparently forthcoming. He is appealing it. By the way, the Steelers got a third rounder for Martavis. Was that the pick they used on Mason Rudolph? Uh, yeah. Or was it a different third rounder? I'm going to look that yeah. up here. Was that this year's third round? Yes, I think it they was. They gave yeah. up a third rounder for Martavis Bryant, so the Steelers might have gotten a backup quarterback and their future quarterback in exchange for uh, 
Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. More coming up. Robert Klemko is going to join us in a half hour. Got all kinds of NFL questions for him, including one involving Colin Kaepernick. But as we are now an hour and a half away from Michigan and Notre Dame, there's some Big Ten questions we need to get to as well. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. All kinds of NFL headlines. If you are just kind of jumping in here with us, Khalil Mack is a bear. The 49ers believe that Jarek McKinnon is probably going to miss the year with an ACL. Uh, Let's see. The Cowboys cut Dan Bailey. The Raiders are cutting Martavis Bryant. Nick Foles will start the big opener on Thursday for the Eagles. No Carson Wentz yet. Um, And uh, a lot more. So we'll keep feeding you everything as it comes down. Uh, But I want to ask this question. So Ohio State won their game today. Yeah. Good for them. Outside of that, have they done anything right? Answer that question in a minute. However, we've got even more breaking news. Let's go to David Gascon. David, what do you got? All right, so that Oakland-Chicago deal that went down? Yeah. Here's the, uh, the final shoe that falls on this. Khalil Mack and the Bears have just reached an agreement on a six-year extension, $141 million coming his way. What? So that's $23.5 million per year. And also on top of this, the 141 on the extension, $90 million is guaranteed. $60 million oh. at signing. Hey, Aaron Donald. <laughs> oh, watch out. Aaron, I see you're 87. Oh, Whoa, man. I just flew right by. Aaron Donald, the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history for – 24 hours. 24 hours, and Matt goes right by him. And then, as a fan, you see that, and you go, oh. Oh, okay, see, that's why he did it. We had a caller earlier. Oh, he's holding. He doesn't want to be there. You don't want a guy who doesn't want to be there. No, no, no. He wants to be anywhere. Right. He simply wants the numbers to read that because that's what he's worth. Look, this is uh, uh, fans feel personally offended when players hold out. Like they're doing it because, you know what? If the fans were better, I wouldn't have done this. If the if the team or the city was better, I wouldn't have done this. No, that has nothing to do with this. It has absolutely nothing to do with this. He plays one of the more violent positions on the football field. He has a short window to earn. We know that the average career is very, very little, so you have to hold out when you have the the leverage to do so. And in this situation, and many before, Chris Johnson, Darrell Revis, uh, what we saw with just, just dancing around the threat of holding out in New York with Odell Beckham Jr. Agent was at practice every damn day over there meeting with the GM. They got that deal hammered out. No, it's smart business. It has nothing to do with what he thought of the team or the fan base or the city he was playing for. Well, and let's keep this in mind also. Remember when people were saying and worrying about how Khalil Mack wouldn't continue to hold out because the price tag was going to be $814,000 a week? He just got a sixty million dollar check. Yeah, today. Yeah, listen, today he, he missed all. What is what is eight hundred thousand a week? So, he just got a check for sixty million dollars. I forget what the rate is per day of missed practices. It's a it's I mean it's it's pennies compared to that sort of money. Ten grand, right? Whatever it may be. And then when you get to games, you miss a game check. 
So over the course of the preseason, he would have he would have been fined by the Raiders, mind you, would have been fined by the Raiders something over $3 million or so, or maybe close to, whatever it is. You're talking about pennies in comparison. Right. Because if he re-signed with the Raiders, if the extension came from Mark Davis in the offices of Reggie McKenzie with the Oakland Raiders, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders, it would have it would have been all pushed aside. It's water under the bridge. You don't have to pay the fines. You're our star. I think that people forget sometimes. They simply look at a player, a contract, how good is he? Okay, you signed it. You should honor it. This, that, the other. Sometimes they forget about what's actually going on with the story of the human being. And for me, what I look at now is when an athlete comes into this situation, I immediately go to, okay, how old is he? Mm. And what has he been paid so far? Now, Khalil Mack has made wonderful money. He was already a rich man. But I'll give you another quick story on something that happened in baseball a few years ago. Um, I got into a conversation. I was working in L.A. sports radio. I got into a conversation about Mike Trout. And the thought was, this was back when he was an arbitration player. And Mike Trout was making in the neighborhood of about $500,000 a year for the Angels because he hadn't been been given one of the major contracts yet. And people were saying, you know, the conversation came up of how the Angels should handle this. Because Mike Trout, if he got to free agency as quick as possible, they were saying he could be three or $400 million as a player, which is not untrue. But remember the power that a team has when a player is looking for the first major guarantee of his life. So what did Khalil Mack make? Prior to this year, we can look it up. It's been millions of dollars. Yeah, no, he's tens but, of millions of dollars. But is yeah. it, but is, you know, and many people may say that should be enough for the rest of your life. But always remember when a player is looking at it and saying, okay, you're, will you offer me money so that I can sign right now? Be assured that generations of my family will be taken care of even if I snap both of my legs on the next play. Here's the argument we got into about Mike Trout. And I ended up asking a baseball agent because the thought was, you know, if the Angels try to bargain this, here's an arbitration-eligible player. Some say he could get $300 million if he waits three years. So someone said, well, what if the Angels offered him $100 million right now? Yeah. Buy out some arbitration years. And a lot of the guys I were talking to said, what Trout window? That's stupid. Why would you take $100 million if you could wait a couple years and get $300 million? Right. I said, okay, I'm going to take that conversation to the agent. Say, hey, agent, you be the agent. All right? I'm the Angels. Yeah, we could wait three years. You'll get to free agency. You'll get $350 million. Right. Or I'm going to offer you 100 right now. Sure. Agent, what do you do? He says, give me the pen. Yeah. Give me the pen. Also, well, look. Because Mike Trout is someone who, in two years, had made a million dollars. Yes. And you're offering him $100 million and it's guaranteed. It's what Khalil Mack just got. Simply $90 put. $90 million guaranteed. They're not going to say no. Simply put, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. If you have the leverage now, why would you wait? Why would you wait for your ACL to be blown out? Thank like you. we just saw Jarek McKinnon. A non-contact drill. It tore during practice. I mean, literally, it could happen. And I'm not hoping for this. I never do hope for injuries. But Khalil Mack could become injured, and maybe it's the last time he's successful during the course of his career. 
He's just secured himself financial wealth beyond his wildest dreams because he approached this situation with business savvy and a sense about him to say, you know what, this is this is the time when I have leverage where I can use that leverage to get as much as I can during this very short window. You know, here these same people who will argue against a player holdout, and, and you, you've actually described this very recently as being kind of stupid. You don't see the point in it. I, I, I've always argued the opposite. Of course I see the point in this. That, uh, it's, it's not oftentimes that they lose because even if you don't win a holdout with the team you're on, it sends a message. It sends a message to ownership. Like, look, when it comes to business, there's no loyalties here. The same way you wouldn't do it to me. I'm constantly being assessed as far as my value goes, my value to this franchise. I'm doing the same thing with this body of mine. And if I think I'm worth more than my contract, I'm going to go and I'm going to ask for that money. When people argue this, I'm sure many of them have refinanced their houses for some reason. Maybe they were going to make a large purchase and they needed to gain more equity in the home. Or, Or maybe they wanted to lower their interest rate. Would they have gone to the bank and asked them to reassess the value of their home if they didn't think it was beneficial to them? That's a contract. Of course not. That's a mortgage, right? So when a player does this with his body, why is this so appalling? It's not appalling at all. Yeah, the the point that I would make is when players end up holding out into the season. Like, I didn't think the Raiders would do this. Yeah. I didn't think the Raiders would do this. I mean, you don't know I, until you try. You don't know until you try. And we have watched players go into the season, come back tail between their legs by week 10, that's happened. Yes, of course. I did not think the Raiders would blink this way. Uh, it's all they've been doing all day, uh, all season long, actually, since Gruden got there. <laughs> so, yes, this worked. Khalil won. Aaron Donald won. I get it. Here's another thing. His agent is Joel Siegel. Adam Schefter just put out a report that Siegel worked through most of the night with the Bears in order to get the six-year extension because a lot of people are like, okay, Khalil, his agent, the Raiders have probably been talking for weeks, if not months, and now the Bears just got this done in like a matter of seven minutes. How'd that happen? Well, it makes me think of something about the way this actually went down. The Raiders not only traded Khalil Mack, they decided weeks ago that they were trading Khalil Mack. Remember the rumored story that Khalil was in Detroit because a limo driver told a reporter Khalil was in his limo earlier that day and he took him to the Lions facility. Oh, yeah, it was a radio guy in Detroit, okay. yeah. I now believe the entire story. Of course. Khalil Mack was in Detroit and Khalil Mack was in Chicago. And I bet Khalil Mack was in about five or six other cities as well to negotiate directly with those teams to say, if you give up X and you get me, are we going to be able to come to said agreement? Great, I'm sure Joel Siegel worked all night. It didn't just start today. No, no, no. These no. negotiations have been going on for days, if not weeks, and I'm now convinced the way this all went down, the Raiders decided a long time ago they were trading Khalil Mack. It doesn't shock me at all. Look, when you're a new head coach in a building, like Rudin is, the first thing you're doing is sitting down with your general manager, with your salary cap guy, and you're saying, okay, lay this out for me. What can we afford? What do we need to move off of to get to the draft? And then after that, what monies do we have to spend for either holdout situations or free agent acquisitions? And they lay it all out. They show exactly the directions they can go. They also come to the the, the head coach with some of the potential ideas. Is this guy a fit? He would fit our cap. Is this guy a fit? We could see if he'll play for this much. Is this guy a fit? 
And then they start picking and choosing. When Gruden came in, Gruden came in and sat down with his cap guy and sat down with Reggie McKenzie, the general manager, and he said, okay, I'd love to have Mac, but there is a ceiling. We're not offering over X, Y, or Z. Everybody in agreement? Okay, great. And as soon as negotiations hit the point of no return, where it was diminishing as far as the season they had ahead of them and the value they could actually get for Mac, that's when they started shopping him to other teams. Because this, these decisions aren't haphazard. They shouldn't be flipping. You're talking about organizational franchise-shifting moves. This Mac deal has outed Mark Davis and another NFL owner. We'll explain that coming up next. Robert Klemko in 15 minutes, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio. For anybody who's ever uttered or even thought about blaming the cities of Oakland and San Diego for what's taken place with their NFL franchises, take note of what just happened today with Khalil Mack. And you have an interesting idea after Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack about who's next. Who do you think that's going to be? Without question in my mind, it's going to be the next person in line as far as pass rushers, defensive presences on the defensive line in the NFL, and that's Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa plays for the Los Angeles Chargers now. He was a San Diego Charger when he signed, and it took him a while to sign. Joey Bosa held out. Joey Bosa held out over offset language on his rookie deal. His father played in the NFL. He was a first-rounder. His uncle played in the NFL. Also a first-rounder. Little brother's about to be one, too. Yeah, Nick Bosa out of OSU. So when you look at the family heritage, and mind you, both both his uncle and his father abbreviated NFL careers due to injury. Doesn't that set up well for a holdout situation? You know he has a steely resolve. You know that he doesn't mind missing time. As we found out, as we found out during this whole charade that the Chargers pulled, not getting their first rounder signed, he actually prefers to work out with his own health fitness guru. So guess what, Los Angeles Chargers? Unfortunately for you, the same way Aaron Donald just held your L.A. counterpart hostage and they had to pay that man his money, and the Raiders, the other L.A. team, had to trade away their pass rusher you're on deck. What you going to do? Well, if that's your prediction, here's mine. Joey Bosa is about to play his last year with the Chargers franchise because they'll handle that the same way the Raiders just handled this. And that, my friends, is a window into why neither one of them could stay in their own freaking city. These two things are absolutely unequivocally linked. It's all about the way Mark Davis and Dean Spanos Look at the world, look at their pocketbook, and look at their franchise. While we sit here and go, oh gosh, the Raiders couldn't have afforded that. We're in a hard cap league. Any team can afford that. That's the deal. That's what it costs to have a star player. The Raiders could have done this, but they decided not to. The same way they could have stayed in Oakland, and they decided not to. Dean Spanos could have stayed in San Diego. He decided not to. There's still people, even in San Diego, running around going, well, our darn city leaders just couldn't get this right. Boy, is that the, here's a new word, wrongest thing <laughs> I've ever heard 
in my life. This is all Mark Davis. This is all Dean Spanos. This is how they handle every situation. It's why their players keep holding out, and it's why their franchises go on lengthy, lengthy runs of futility, even though they've got good quarterbacks. Who does that? Who's got a potential Hall of Fame quarterback and they can't get to the playoffs? Who does that no, in the it. NFL? Throw in Stan Kroenke. I mean, isn't it odd that all three of these owners... Well, he's spending now, though. No, no, don't get me wrong. And he's spending to build his stadium as well. But all three, within within the last three years, uh, have relocated their businesses, or are promising to, and have plans to. Uh, they also, all three, have drafted incredible pass rushers around the same time and they're all coming to their contract year close to the same time and potentially going to be held hostage all around the same time isn't it stunning how we see how each team reacts stan moves from st louis to la and he's boomed onto the scene bought land in one of the more expensive places in the universe to buy land and he's break he's broken ground on a stadium that is going to become NFL West. He's he's brought in Endomican Sue. He traded for Peters. He brought in Atid Khalib. Uh, he's brought in or keep Talib. Yeah, he's brought in. And he's, he's now he's paid, now Aaron paid off Aaron Donald. They traded for Brandon Cooks and signed him to a big deal. That's exactly right. Well, that was an ink. so I look at Stan Kroenke and I say, yes, St. Louis fans, I'm with you. That wasn't fair. It wasn't right. He just did what he wanted to do. It wasn't your fault. It was his fault. Same as Dean, same as Mark. The difference between the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Rams is these things happen for very different reasons. I think Stan moved from St. Louis to L.A. because he felt like a big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. You have two small fishes moving to bigger ponds, hoping that they can sort of be the little little algae feeders on the outside of that, that big old pond and scoop up all the rest that everybody else is leaving on the bottom. Um, Washington just literally banged a field goal through off of the upright. It's good. The touchdown we told you about earlier with a flag was nullified. Washington has now moved down the field to get a field goal, and they are early in the fourth quarter. They have taken a one-point lead on Auburn by a score of 16-15. to 15. So Washington moves back in front of Auburn, 16 to 15, your Penn State Nittany Lions are eight minutes and 51 seconds away. Although, since we last talked of it, both teams have scored a touchdown. It's 31 17, right on your number. Oh, it's right on your number. But watch out. I said 13 in a hook. That pesky App State (laughs) has the ball, and they are threatening to move into Penn State territory as we speak. So don't quite go away on that one as of yet. Robert Klemko, NFL writer, Sports Illustrated in five minutes, among the things that we will discuss with him. You know, I know that a lot of people get fatigued with all things Colin Kaepernick. There was news this week. Uh, He won round one, if you will. Summary judgment. The NFL wanted his collusion case thrown out, and they didn't get it. But I tell you what, when I see this story, now knowing that the NFL is going to have to speak under oath about all of this, At a minimum, you're going to get some uncomfortable moments for the league, even if it doesn't lead to any massive judgment uh, for Colin Kaepernick. I do believe this. Just him winning round one is already enough to at least legitimize his point. I think that's what it was about for the arbitrator. 
it legitimizes his point. The arbitrator's saying, look, this is at least worth a discussion. And so if that legitimizes his point, I am floored by something. There's the easiest thing in the world to make this go away. It's not, hey, let's uh, get him behind closed doors and make him an offer. No, no. Not settle. Not yet, because quite (laughs) frankly, this is still a very, very difficult hill to climb for whatever legal team defends somebody in a case like this. Collusion is awfully hard to prove unless you have concrete facts. However, there's something that does make it all just go away. Uh, Sign him. Can I ask you, uh, you know, and I don't know, maybe Robert Klemko, when he jumps on with us, knows this answer. Do you know if they can, if any of the 30, I mean, he has an active lawsuit against the NFL. I don't know if they can. I, I, we've had one GM tell us in recent days that that means they can't comment on him. Sure, yeah. I certainly don't think it means they can't sign him. I know that they won't. Right. But I don't think it means they can't. I mean, it's just crazy to me that no one has taken that step because of these now facts. These are based on data, not my opinion. A, there's no business evidence that he'll cause a financial problem. Mm. Was the number one jersey seller. Revenues are up. Ratings are up. Television contracts are being sold through the wazoo and nobody will buy Papa John's. So tell me what the evidence is that there's a business problem with Kaepernick, which is the one that everyone buys. Yeah. Now, uh, he also might win a collusion case, which would go away if you'd sign him. Oh, don't forget, here's number three. He's good. Certainly good enough to be a backup in yeah, this league. Yeah, he's good enough to be a backup for and, certain, even in current situation if he's training and in shape. And finally, while polarizing, he's popular. He's yes. popular. He's unpopular with many, but he's popular with many. And in other words, in an entertainment industry, that gives you relevance. Yeah. Yes, controversial, but it gives you relevance. And I'll remind everybody that the Raiders employ Marshawn Lynch, who sits during the anthem, and nobody says boo. Look, this this is divisive, though, right? And I think as a business, the NFL tries to be obviously inclusive, uh, gender, race, all of it, right? And, and you can see that in their advertising. You can see that in certain moves they make. I think in this situation, you're talking about a very controversial issue. This isn't something that's just limited to football. It's political as well. I mean, for crying out loud, our president tweets about it occasionally. <laughs> it's reached the highest office, most powerful office in the world. So, you are fake news. yeah, I, I, you know what? I doubt if anybody's going to move off the stump of no, we're not signing them. They're not, but they they, but, they have that opportunity. But man. if you're going to say this is a win, I'm not disagreeing there. Yeah, yeah, this is a win for Camp Kaepernick. All right, Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, Robert Klemko in a minute, David Gascon right now, and uh, man, Dave, we could uh, we could literally give you. And why don't we? Do you want an hour of the show, and you could just go through all the stuff that's happened today? <laughs> yeah. This is a hell of a day. I don't know, man. I... With everything going on right now, you should only go through what, like the top things of the NFL, because it's what Raiders imploding, 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 <laughs> right? Is right. Continuing, yes. <laughs> oh yeah, like story one, the Raiders imploded. Story two, Raiders imploded in another <laughs> That's way. Right. Story three, the Raiders imploded in a third way. Paragraph four of this update, <laughs> yes, still <laughs> Raiders. Coming up next, the Raiders implode again. And you can't see it on this microphone, but coming to you live, Catherine Webb and Brett Musburger. Oh yeah, they're back together again. Very. Very exciting, and, and it feels so. Good. And in the city of Las Vegas, where anything goes, <laughs> remember what happens at a Raiders game stays at a Raiders game. Yeah, well, unless they go to prison, right?
<laughs> well, well, they got a prison right, right there in the building. So I, so it, I played in a preseason game with the Arizona Cardinals where a Raiders fan stabbed a Cardinals fan. With what? With a knife. Oh, okay, I could could have been like a spork or something. Yeah, well, no, yeah. I mean, a hot dog. It was in the parking lot, so I guess he went to his car and he got the, you know, he got the knifey. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. man. Well, guys, speaking of those Raiders, the, the deal is now done. They have that exchange, the trade going down. Khalil Mack goes to the Bears, and upon that agreement, he has reached now with Chicago six years on an extension worth $141 million. It includes $90 million in guaranteed money, and 60 of it's coming up front at his signing. Now, in return, Oakland is going to get – a first-round and sixth-round pick next year in 2019. They're going to get a first-round and third-round pick in 2020. Chicago, along with Matt, gets a 20, excuse me, a 2020 second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick. Now, Nick Foles looks to be the starter week number one for Philadelphia. Carson Wentz and his recovering ACL just not right yet in college football news. Well, back and forth they go. Penn State was up by a couple of TDs, and now they're only up by seven. Mountaineers have the football. They're on the move again. Yeah! Wow. Wow, Rich. Upset special. And they got a lot of time I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Uh, This is on my warning, okay? This is easily. They just got an onside kick. They they, just did the same Super Bowl thing. They just got an onside kick. I think he touched it too soon. I'm going to review. You know what? Yeah, there's some dejected fans. fans. They are drunk and upset. Franklin's bald head is sweating profusely. Unhappy Valley, ladies and gentlemen. If if Penn State loses this game, Rich, you have to go vegan for a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, Washington Washington by a Again. Washington by one right now, leading Auburn 16-15. Gentlemen, back All to right. you. Good stuff, Dave. We appreciate it. Let's get Robert Klemko in here. Great NFL writer for Sports Illustrated. We're glad to have him today on Fox Sports Radio. Robert, thanks for doing it. Uh, can you explain what the Raiders are doing? You know, I think there's obviously, you know, there's pluses and minuses with, with any trade. I know the consensus is that the Raiders lost this thing, but from their perspective, I get it. I mean, Khalil Mack, you know, he, he's approaching 30 years old. You're John Gruden. You want to start off on the right foot with this franchise, uh, if not the fans, and you say, I've had success as an NFL head coach uh, with two different teams without having an elite game-changing edge rusher. What I had were great safeties, great cornerbacks, great linebackers, and a smart quarterback. So why would I set the market for a new defensive contract um, if I can win without a player of this caliber at that position? Yeah, but, I mean, to that point, some of these moves have been confounding. A a lot of one-year deals, obviously spending of draft picks. You couldn't forecast what happened with Martavis Bryant, uh, but but – this to me feels like off to the wrong foot. Are are you shaking on your resolve that Gruden's going to have success early? I'm not. You know, I, I'd like to see the product on the field first. I'd like to see what that offense looks like coming from a head coach who has spent so much time, uh, not necessarily away from the game, but out of that coach's role. I mean, the, the thing about Gruden and the reason that I, I have a little bit more faith in him than, than others is that this guy spent the last decade preparing for this job, interviewing GMs, interviewing head coaches, sitting down and watching film with Peyton Manning at his apartment uh, in Indianapolis. I mean, it's not like this guy is completely out of touch. Do they have the oldest roster in the NFL right now? Yeah, like by a lot. I think they've got eight or nine guys over 30 years old 
and some of the older veterans that they're starting, you know, the depth chart would have looked a lot better in maybe 2012. Um, and I don't expect the Raiders to be great this year at all. I think he's got to figure out if he feels like Derek Carr is the quarterback of the future. But when you're first year on the job, you look at Khalil Mack's resume, and you feel like maybe with two first-round picks I can begin to approach the kind of production that Khalil Mack gives me at positions where I think um, the impact is going to be a little bit bigger, given my defensive philosophy, then I, I think you make that trade. Robert Klemko, Sports Illustrated, joining us, Fox Sports Radio. Robert, we were just talking about this judgment that Kaepernick won earlier this week. Uh, you know, a lot of people I've talked to kind of think there are differing levels of significance here, but for me, it's enough to at least legitimize his point. How do you think the NFL handles this, knowing that they're going to have to now go to court and probably answer some very tough questions? Yeah. Well, I think the the NFL isn't necessarily worried that they're going to lose this case, but the fact that it's even going to be heard at all is embarrassment for them because that means that every uh, sports news outlet, in addition, every you know national hard news outlet, is going to be posted up at these hearings. Um, and the story continues, and it's a big victory for the message that Kaepernick has. I don't think anybody watches the NFL and says, oh, there's no room for Kaepernick on a roster. I mean, to think he's not one of the 64 best quarterbacks in the world right oh, now is it's, crazy. It's ridiculous, but, yeah. But so uh, the, the question is, legally, does he have any sort of argument against a group of 32 owners who, uh, in, in almost every case, make the roster decisions independent of one another? I don't know if he does, but a court decided that it's going to be heard, and that's bad news for the NFL because they'd like this story to go away. Oh, there's no question about it. On quarterbacks, spin the wheel for me. We look around the league, first-round quarterbacks taken in this draft. Who do you think is going to make the most noise, have the best effect on their team? Yeah, I mean, if you watch this preseason at all, I think there's a clear front-runner there. I mean, with Sam Darnold uh, and the impact that he's had already on the Jets and the faith that they have in him, you know, I, I think that he's probably the only quarterback with a chance um, to start all 16 games. I'm not sure if the Bills have announced a decision yet on Josh Allen, um, but his preseason performance kind of far and away blew the other rookies away. Uh, and then there's a drop-off, and then I think there's Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, uh, and then after that, uh, Josh Rosen and Lamar Jackson. I think we're going to see all those guys at some point this year, but Darnold's the front runner now in terms of impact. Robert, we were talking earlier also about Jameis Winston, some comments from their general manager this week that Winston may not even start week four if the team's playing well, which I didn't necessarily buy. I thought that was more messaging to Jameis, letting him know you better really ball out this year or else we're going to move on. How would you assess that situation top to bottom? Yeah, you know, I, I think there's there's two ways that that could have gone down. You talk to GMs uh, about a situation like this, and they don't want anybody to feel like something is given or, or that something doesn't have to be earned. And I believe that if the Buccaneers are really rolling, if they're 4-0 um, with, with Jameis Winston on the bench, that they'll reevaluate things because I'm sure they're looking for ways to move on from him after everything that's happened this offseason. I mean, 
uh, any other position on the field can sustain a suspension for this sort of thing, except for quarterback. That guy's got to be the CEO. That guy's got to be the, the leader of the franchise. Um, so, but at the same time, I, I think there's very little chance that they find themselves in a position where Jameis Winston isn't the starter in week five and that they would like to remind him that what he's done uh, puts the entire future of, of his, you know, his future with the organization in jeopardy. If he doesn't already know that, then they've got bigger problems. Robert, wonderful to have you today. Really great stuff. Thanks so much. Thank you. Okay, Robert Klemko, Sports Illustrated on Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. Coming up next, we've got a breathtaking moment going on in the Big Ten. (laughs) And also, an NBA star sends out a tweet we've never seen an NBA star send out before. That's next. Oh, yeah! A second. This hey. isn't the blue band. This isn't the blue band. What's happening? These are the sweet tunes of your App State Mountaineers. The Appetizer State Mountaineers. The Appetizer State Mountaineers will have the ball at the Penn State 42 yard line, first and 10. 2.59 to go. 31. 31 is the score. Game on the line. You got McSorley, Trace McSorley, a Heisman hopeful. Yeah, not anymore. Running around. He's trying to make a throw, and I'm McMad at him for not making <laughs> that pass happen. Well, he's so small. He's like a little McNugget out there. This is McRidiculous. Uh, somebody hit him in the McRibs. That did not look comfortable. So <laughs> here come App State. What are they called again? The, the Mountaineers? The, the McMountaineers. All right. The McMountaineers are on the field. Memo to Big Ten teams. Don't schedule. Appalachian State yeah, for your what, opener. Like, what are we doing? Good grief. This is a terrible idea in the first place. Okay, let me run something by you. Go ahead. As we watch this game, and yeah. we will pass along what's happening, App State uh, is going to gain about six yards on their first play. Inside the 35, they're already dangerously close to field goal range. Yes. Okay. Let me ask you this. College football, and I heard Hartman say this the other day, and we had the discussion yesterday, and it is like 99.999% you know, percent true, um, which is this. Majority of college football teams can declare already on week one, we can't win the national title. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It is correct. Like if it's you're, crazy if, if to you're hear not, you say it that If way, you're not a yeah. power five team, if you don't have the right schedule, if people aren't putting you in the right spot in the polls or whatever, you have no chance. Uh, App State, first down inside the 25, 227 to go. <laughs> oh, now, people say you can lose a game early. But can you lose this game? In other words, I'm asking you, Nittany Lion, who played for Joe Paul. Go ahead. On September 1st, with 212 and counting to go, is Penn State already playing? For their national championship lives. Well, listen, you know, you got to you gotta get out there and play the whole season out, Mark. You never know how things are going to rattle out. I mean, look, you know, the only thing you can't lose is your marbles. All right? You got to see how this thing goes. <laughs> um, I disagree, Joe. <laughs> no. Listen, I Penn, I took State is, Penn State is, is hosed if they lose this game. You're talking about hoses now. <laughs> Panty hose, garden hose, they're not hosed. They're, 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 they're going to be just fine, all right? Just lay off them. 
These guys are out there getting put, put in the heart on the line. It is, it is, uh, it is great to have a line directly to uh, to heaven uh, right. to talk to Joe today. Yeah, Joe. You know, I mean, as far as uh, Franklin, the head coach, what do you think of uh, what, what do you think of his efforts so far? I'll tell you what. His big problem is he's got to roll his pant legs up. He's not showing enough ankle. He's got to show off the, his black shoes, white helmets, the whole thing. Then let him know. His That's socks right. match his pants, <laughs> Joe. Right. Can you believe that? On a Penn State sideline in Sacramento. If they lose to <laughs> State. Listen. Unless they go undefeated there okay. for the remainder of the season. I mean, it is it is over. Here's yeah. what's crazy. Yeah. We remember App State for one thing, and it was that win over Michigan. Remember the way that game went down. Michigan was setting up for the game-winning field goal, got blocked. App State returns it for the right. score, wins the game. Yep, That was a shocking finish that flipped the other direction. This right here is not trending that way, Rich. App State now has first and goal inside the 10. Hang on. Did he just go in for a touchdown or did he step out? Uh, he is let's go in. to review. Let's touchdown. go to review. Touchdown, Appalachian State. They might have scored too early. But a minute 47 is going to be left on this clock. Assuming that replay stands, Appalachian State takes the lead. And that's what I mean here. This is not going to be a shocking (laughs) flip of the play. Here's the review. In, in, in. Touchdown. That's going to stand. And the Mountaineers have taken a touchdown lead on the Nittany Lions with a minute 47 to go. So... I mean, they've played the role of favorite here in the fourth quarter. What's stunning is that they were down by 14. Yeah. This is the third unanswered touchdown here in the fourth quarter, but it's Penn State that is going to need the miracle. Extra point is good. 38-31, it's Penn State that is going to need the miracle finish, not the other way around. I'm going to say this. uh, I still think they blow them out. Yeah, how's your 13 and a hook going? Yeah, huh? Here, listen, You know what's crazy? They, this is a true story. I'll, I'll, they I'll, could I'll, do that in overtime. No, I know they you could. You could do it in overtime. I, I will say this. <laughs> I am oh, I am more upset that my prediction was wrong than the fact that Penn State's getting beat right now. Yeah, you're a weird alum. I really like a am. A lot of alums, especially NFL players, they are way more attached to their colleges than their pro team. Yeah. You're just not attached to anything. I really am not. I mean, other than coffee. I You take coffee away from me, we got problems. <laughs> You're drinking coffee right I'm now. currently drinking. Like most former Nittany Lions would be drinking alcohol right now. <laughs> you have coffee. Yeah, no. I'm pretty excited. I mean, this is a great college football a, it game. It is. You know what? I had a similar reaction. This is true. <laughs> People called me crazy. I was talking to some of my buddies who I mean, I played with at Penn State, and I was like, wasn't that Rose Bowl amazing? Sam, Darnold, Trace McSorley trading off. They're like, we lost. I'm like, yeah, I know, but wasn't that one of the best football games you ever watched? And they were like, no, you maniac. I don't know. I just like good football. I'll tell you right now. Appalachian State, I mean, they could win it all this season. I've been saying they, that from they, the jump. They look fantastic. <laughs> they really do. Oh, my gosh, what is Penn State doing? Uh, well, that's what he's doing. They're not going to return oh, the kickoff please. for a touchdown, are they? They got to midfield. Oh, beyond that's the 50, that's I got to tell you what. They, now, he caught the ball in the end zone and faked like he was going to take a knee. Yeah. And then he decided to come out, and you're thinking, oh, no, that was dumb. You're going to get hit at the six. And he flew by someone, went all the way to the 50. So Penn State's going to have great field position. <laughs> they do have time. Minute 39 to go. They got two of their timeouts. And in college football, the clock stops on everything. So there's plenty of time, but they are going to need to get this thing across the goal line to keep it alive. App State 38, 
Penn State 31. Uh, by the way, if Penn State scores, do you go for two? Uh, yeah, I would. <laughs> no, Hell yeah, would. I would. No, <laughs> no, yeah, wouldn't. yeah, I would. Are you kidding me? I got still Kahanish, my friend. <laughs> Auburn, by the way, in their game against uh, Washington just scored. They just went back in front. Speaking That's of with, going for two. They are going for two because they're up 21-16 with 6-15 to go. So Auburn is going to try to make it a seven-point game here. Uh, quarterback swing out to the right, knocked away, no good. So Washington down five. And, uh, and they will get the ball with 6.15 to go. Uh, Penn State got seven yards on their first down play. They now sit at the 41-yard line of Appalachian State, and they will get maybe a half yard on their next play. So already a third down coming up. Clock continues to roll. App State 38, Penn State 31. Rich, I was going to say this. I didn't know who. Yes. Somebody was going to lose today. Well, yes. Some, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Like, this is not a week outside of, like, an Auburn-Washington. The national title contenders do not schedule hard games. Right, you got Alabama-Louisville, go down the list. Okay, yeah. third down pass is incomplete. Oh, come on, McSorley. So here Make comes, it happen already. It's fourth and Mick two for Penn State, <laughs> down by seven with just over a minute to go. The exciting conclusion of the end of Penn State's season is coming up next. On Fox Sports Radio. I mean, it might be that. It could. It, might, yeah. it could. All right, into our final hour, even though it feels like we've only been here for five minutes. There is so much going on today, and I joked with you a moment ago that Penn State left too much time on the clock. I might not have been kidding. Appalachian State on first down, nails a pass into Nittany Lion territory. There's still 37 ticks to go of a 38-38 tie. First and 10, Mountaineers. We'll keep you up to date on that live Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Geico.com for a free rate quote. But as that one comes down the stretch, let's get to one that was already done. Oklahoma looked every bit of their ranking. Jenny Taft, she was there on the sidelines for Fox as Oklahoma takes apart Florida Atlantic. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on. And, you know, the biggest character in this game, obviously, was the coach of the losing team. So, what, you know, what, what, did, what did Lane Kiffin have to say after this one? Oh, hey, guys. First, thanks for having me. I'm also getting caught up in all the other scores, yeah. which apparently were a, few, a little bit more exciting than my own. But, uh, <laughs> a little bit. The big takeaway for me, and, you know, I had not met Lane Kiffin before, so I had been looking forward to it. And, you know, he's a character in himself, but there was disappointment. You know, I think he felt like the the discipline wasn't there. There were mistakes made, and he's, he joked with me at halftime. He said, look, there's two ways we can do this. One, guys, we can go out, we can let Oklahoma get every record at this school, if we come out and play the way we played in that first half, and there weren't a lot of big changes, but he said at the same time, I need to see better from my group. And I think the biggest frustration was, you know, they've got a guy like Devin Singletary. And, I mean, his his numbers from last season speak for themselves. They had been really hyping this Heisman. He's got a billboard. And he was really limited today. But I think that speaks to Oklahoma and the question marks surrounding how they'd be coming back. And, yes, Maybe it was easy today, but boy, do they look good. Yeah, and you know, it's the post-Mayfield era, speaking of record breakers at Oklahoma, uh, this offense went against an FAU defense, granted, but do you think they missed a beat? 
you know, and it was it was the only thing people were asking about, almost to a point where I said to Lincoln Riley after the game, I'm going to ask you one more time, but Baker has moved on, and this is the now, and he's mentioned about his group finding an identity, and he wasn't shy in saying, look, Baker Mayfield was what he was. We know how good he was. We know what he meant to this program, his leadership, but I've seen in his absence different guys take on different roles, and that's leadership, that's on the field, that's all around, and he said, I'm just waiting to see how those guys react, and I think that is what Lincoln saw today, just some of those guys stepping up. I mean, look at the running backs. I mean, Ronnie Anderson, Trey Sermon, these are some dominant offensive players. I mean, they're O-line. Every guy is over 300 pounds. This is an offense that, (laughs) yes, they are without Baker, but Kyler Murray stepped in, and he was pretty good today. Jenny Taft with us. And, Jenny, you mentioned Kyler Murray there. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest in his future already, even though his Oklahoma tenure as quarterback's just getting started. Uh, he's a big baseball prospect as well. Yes. You know, I mean, what do you, what do you think might need to happen, if it's even possible, for him to do on the football season this year that would make him want to continue to be a football player? Well, I think right now, and his agent will say, they worked out a deal with is that he would play this year and then baseball would be next. You know, he was taken ninth overall by the Athletics. I've heard possibly that Billy Bean may be there next Saturday when they host UCLA. I'll be back for that one. So I'm going to do everything I can to get that interview. Uh, but, you know, he's got that $4.5 million signing bonus. And he did say to me today, look, baseball's my future, but right now my job is to be the best quarterback at Oklahoma I can be. And there's a maturity to him. Um, he said, look, I understand the standard at which I need to operate here. I've been waiting for this. I feel like there's unfinished business for this team and mentioned a national championship. So this team, uh, it was a long off season, the way it ended for them last year. And there is a lot of unfinished business, chip on their shoulder mentality. And I think we saw a lot to be excited about from the Sooners. No doubt about it. Really nice performance for them. For Lane Kiffin, better days ahead, no doubt. Jenny, we really appreciate your time. Thank you for checking in. All right, guys. Well, go watch the rest of that game. I don't want to keep you too long. No, you too. (laughs) You too. Okay. (laughs) All right, Jenny Taft, Fox College Football Sideline Reporter, watched Oklahoma crush Florida Atlantic today. Okay, interesting moment here. 20 seconds to go at Happy Valley. Penn State and Appalachian State are tied at 38. App State's got the ball in Penn State territory, facing a fourth and four. A lot of different options. They're not in field goal range. Do you kick it? Do you punt? Do you go for it? But if you pass and it's incomplete, Penn State might have a couple plays. If you run, to me, that's what you do. Even if Penn State knows, because App State's got a timeout, Penn State does not. If you run the ball, I know there's a change of possession. The clock would stop, but there'd only be a few ticks left with no timeouts. Interesting. App State is going to try a field goal. This one is forever and a day. How long is this one? 50, it's at least 55, 56 yards, I think. 56-yard attempt. That's what they're going to go for. App State for the win. The kick is... No good. It is no good. It is no good. And now Penn State's got themselves 15 seconds to play with. They do not have a timeout, but they're going to have field position where, you know, about a 20, 25-yard pass, maybe they could try a field goal. Listen, uh, now it's time for you to shine. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like you've been waiting all game to really really open the playbook and really show what you got. If there's ever been a time. 
Now's the time. Do you know what? Oh, what is this? This is ridiculous. This this music is is terrible. Do you know what's really tough about this moment for Penn State and its fans? Yes. This is one of those moments where you either have an embarrassing loss. Sure. Or you have an embarrassing win. You really. No. Yes. A win's a win. Appalachian State at home. McSorley's running around and he's going to throw that one away. So seven seconds left, one more play. Smart play, McSorley. I'm, I'm McProud of you. <laughs> you, you. You are just a mess. <laughs> no, so, look, look, I, all right, look, they, they, their kicker right now is sweating bullets because here's what's about well, to he happen. he just got let off the hook. They're not going to get in field goal range in seven seconds. You, They're at their own 39-yard line. You can. I mean, you can. You can seven heave seconds? A, you can heave a pass, step out of bounds. Yeah. In seven seconds? Yeah, a heave. You don't. You don't have time to heave. They're yeah, they just. A knee. They took a knee. <laughs> They're taking. We a knee. are going, going to overtime. overtime. Look, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to rose-colored glasses. Thing yeah. you're making it very difficult. All right, so it's not Happy Valley, but it's not unhappy Valley yet either. It's just kind of like lukewarm Valley, Penn State and App State going to overtime, tied at 38. Meantime, the Chip Kelly era is underway at UCLA. I'll be honest. I have not done all of my reading yet. Who's the quarterback for UCLA this year? It is definitely not JT Daniels. No, he's not Josh Rosen either. Yeah, yeah. Josh Rosen plays for the Cardinals. Uh, So, yeah, we're still getting to know everybody. Whoever it is just went three and out out. in the opening series on offense (laughs) as far as the Bruins go. They're playing Cincinnati. So, uh, okay, we will definitely keep you up to date on the overtime situation they are about to enter into at Penn State, Appalachian State, if you're just joining us, was down 31-17. Oh, yeah, and Wilton then, Spate. That's oh, Wilton Spate left Michigan. Yep, 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 yep. And yep, won yep. the job at UCLA. Gosh, speaking of Wilton Spate in Michigan, so they're about they're 20 minutes away from getting their start against Notre Dame. And I have become, admittedly, an even bigger Jim Harbaugh fan this year. Understandably so. Mainly because I'm not yeah. a fan of anything that's Ohio State related. I think there's probably on the national scale a lot more people who are going to be rooting the side of Michigan this time around. Um, I'll just say this. I know a lot of people think that Jim Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Yep. Oh, and, I'm one of them. And, I, I and think maybe, that, and maybe I think he that is. the pressures on a college football coach, big time program, big power five conference, when when you're not beating the rival when you're not getting to the bowl games the donors want to get to. Those are the decision makers. It's not just about the fan base. It's about the people who are spending money on the athletic department. I grew up in the Bay Area, California. Let me tell Michigan something right now. If you move on from Jim Harbaugh, you will regret it. (laughs) You want Thomas Sula? He's coming to a theater near you. Coming from someone who follows the 49ers and grew up 15 minutes from Stanford. Yeah. If you jettison Jim Harbaugh, you will regret it. So, I get the pressure. I understand the situation he's facing. I don't know what's going to happen at Ohio State. But especially with what Ohio State is going through this year. And people smarter than us in college football who believe, even though Urban Meyer survived this round, he may not survive many more rounds, and this could be his last year. While there is unrest at the rival's house, 
That is not the time to get rid of somebody as accomplished as Jim Harbaugh. Don't get caught up in this game in November of 2016. Get caught up in this. Jim Harbaugh has coached at four places, and he's turned all of them around. Yeah. it To me, it is that simple. Get rid of him. You'll regret it. Well, I'll say this about the Stanford uh, situation and really the USD situation before that. Both programs got the turnaround. They kept with it. 49ers did not go well after Harbaugh left. But University of San Diego, he he changed the culture, and it's continued on that path. Stanford, he changed the culture, and actually from within, David Shaw took the job, and he's done a tremendous job with the Stanford Cardinals, 74 wins and counting. He got one last night. So there have been improvements, or I shouldn't say improvements, but there has been success after Harbaugh's era has ended in two college football programs, and those are the only two that he's headed up so far in his career. So... I'll argue this. Uh, this is his his final season at Michigan if he doesn't win either A, at least 10 games, B, gets to a bowl game that donors want to see Michigan in, and C, beat Ohio State. Has to do all or one no, of the no, three? No, no, no. He has to do at least one at of the three, one. if not two, to keep his job, and I think it's that serious. All right. Penn State right now gets the ball first, and they will have – uh, after a nice second down run, they will have first and goal at the eight-yard line in the first overtime period. What you also got to be worried about here if you're Penn State, if I'm App State, even if Penn, let's say Penn State scores a touchdown right here, yeah. if App State scores a touchdown, I'm going for two. Yeah, I'm going for two. Oh, like the, the <laughs> heck with going back and forth, right? I'm going for two right now. That's what Penn State's got to worry about because you have – you have a li- you know you got a nothing to lose mentality on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I mean I get it. I well yeah. What do you really have to lose? Here we go. Here right. we go. Inside oh. the five, second down, coming up from the four yard line. Do you want to play the Tony Romo game and try to call the next pl- uh, play? Yeah, actually, let me you see what that? that line is. All I'm right, here try. we go. Let's play the Tony Romo game. I know you're not supposed to do this, uh, but this is the home version. Here we go. Here comes the Mountaineer music again. It's this is really nice. Goal. Sets the scene well at Beaver Stadium, Nick. Second and goal from the four-yard line. Penn State and App State tied at 38. First overtime period. Penn State with the ball first. What's the call here, Rich? Okay, play action pass. It's going to be over the middle. All right. They ran it right up the middle. Touchdown. All right. right. So you're not Tony Romo, but your Nittany Lions have the lead. I have no idea what offense. I know they run the spread. That's all I got. Back with this exciting conclusion of this 46-45 Appalachian State win coming up next on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 holy moly. I'm going to barf. Oh, oh my gosh, what a relief. I'm totally going to barf. First down, Appalachian State at the 15, and that was close. They went, it's fourth and one, obviously, go for it. And now they throw to the end zone, and is it intercepted? Ah! It is intercepted. (laughs) It is intercepted, and the Nittany Lions have survived. Penn State will win this one in overtime, 45 to 38. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations on your embarrassing win. Oh, they're happy at Happy Valley. Play like that in any of your conference games, you're going to lose them all. We are. Oh, my goodness. No, what a great football game. And what we were just about to say is the previous play, Appalachian State on fourth and one, had a running back literally land on the line to gain. And they gave him a first down, and then they they did an official review. 
and everybody held their breath yeah. because it was really close. Could have gone either way. And I'm sitting there going, you know, good. I mean, you d- don't end the game on that. Can I tell you something? Go ahead. So, look, I, I'm a Penn State alumni. I'm not one of these crazy people who, uh, you know, I, I if, if they would have lost this game, I mean, I'm going to lose sleep. No. But here's the deal. Even even if it meant the the Nittany Lions guaranteed victory, fourth and one stop on a play that they initially called a first down for the Mountaineers in this game, I hate instant replay so much that that it, it crushes the soul of sports so much. Because if that was the outcome, that's the wrong way for the game to end, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Like, if it's irrefutable, okay, I get it. You know, the knee touchdown, sure, fine. But even still, there's something soulless about saying, okay, just to make sure that everybody who staked a large amount of money on kids playing football on TV, <laughs> that we get this call correct, even the – like it, to me, it, it's just it's void of what sport is and its subjectivity and its you know uh, so occasionally the wrong call being made and the learning lessons that are. I don't know. I I have a problem with games ending on instant replay in a big big way. Yeah, I prefer for it not to exist than have an end of a game be decided. That there way. are certain calls that sometimes, even if you're like, gosh, forced into a corner, and this was one of them. If you force oh, yeah. me into a corner and say, what do you think probably was the right call there? I bet his knee was down about three inches short, but it's too close to tell. And when it comes to a play like that, after just what was a phenomenal football game between a classic David and Goliath. I'm getting just texts left and right. Is your from, phone going crazy? Oh do you need a God. minute? Yeah. Well, I, from all like, these Penn Staters. You, you it's, just yeah. do not want it to end that way. So I'm really glad that they had another play and Penn State actually won it on the field. That was a fantastic football game. But to your point, you just said that that goes against everything that sport is. There's another thing that goes against everything that sport is. Let me tell you, the number one sports media take that I'm done with and it's this when we get to December and January in college football and somebody's left out of the playoff who should be in Mm. and sports media will run to their microphones to say well of course Central Florida shouldn't be in I talked to Vegas and Alabama would be a 13-point favorite. So that means Alabama would win. Next topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you just watch what we saw, which, by the way, we see almost every Saturday in college football, which is sports. Yeah. There's always someone who is expected to win, and sometimes, often, they don't. You cannot finish a season with the idea of what would happen. No. You have to finish it with what does happen. So I don't care. No, I agree full If Alabama would beat Central Florida 98 times out of 100, you've got to play the game. Yeah. And that is the problem with college football. Yeah, so, you know, I have this argument with people, and I get the side that defends the current system as it stands because it has been improved. The fact that you actually get to a point where you're playing in a playoff and teams emerge victorious and there's an actual championship 
prior to this, and I remember everybody talking about national champions when I was playing college football, between 2000 and 2005, they were like, oh, Texas is the national, USC is the national Nobody's the national champion. There's no such thing. Right. You can't just automatically select some team based off of analytic strength of schedule or otherwise and say, well, by extrapolating, I think we've arrived at our conclusion that, yes, <laughs> it's going to be Oklahoma. Nope, can't do it. That's not how it works. Why was the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Championship game? What business did they have there? Thank Blake you. Bortles is their quarterback. What were they doing there? You've... They gave the Patriots all they could handle for three and a half quarters. The Pats barely got out of that game alive. Are you telling me that they would have then gone and folded up the 10 against Philly? Well, Who knows? Maybe would have been celebrating that as a Super Bowl championship in Jacksonville for crying out oh, loud. Oh, Jalen Ramsey might have picked off Nick Foles three times. Who knows? Um, that's the whole point. Like, I thought the NFL last year gave college football every message it needed. A backup quarterback won the Super Bowl MVP. If that doesn't tell you that's what happens in sports, I don't know what to say anymore. It's hiding right under your nose. A backup quarterback won the national title for Alabama. Coming in at halftime. Great point. Even though it was Alabama the big favorite. Right. That's sport. You'll never. In fact, people will now leave sports bars and people will talk for the next 24 hours about the Penn State-Appalachian State game. No question. Nobody showed up at the bar thinking that they would be thinking about this game for another 10 seconds. But it ended up being a great game. Those are the moments we talk about in sports. When things happen that we don't see coming. There's two things that are great in sports. One is when massive hype gets met. LeBron James comes to the NBA. Right. The other is when the unexpected happens. The amazing happens. What doesn't get talked about in sports is when Oklahoma beats FAU 63-14. to Okay? Yeah, it happens. But what we remember is when something else great that you didn't see coming happens and college football robs us of that at least opportunity yes. at the end of every year. Well, in the beginning of the year, quite frankly, because this is all predetermined. I, I mean, imagine Penn State loses this game to Appalachian State. Uh, imagine they have an undefeated season for the rest of the year, but there's a, a couple, say a pair of undefeated teams in Power 5 conferences, and say there's a couple of one-loss teams. Well, then you go to strength of schedule, and because maybe Iowa hung in too long with them later in their season or Indiana, you're going to tell me that Penn State isn't as good as the number four team, and so they're out of it? It's just a broken system. You know, NCAA hoops is as close as it gets because when you're having the argument about who should get in the tournament and you're saying, well, team number 70 should have been jumped up two spots and made their way in. Well, okay. I, I mean, look. I get it. You can argue that. But you're talking about literally now the back half of the entirety of D Division One college basketball. If we could have that argument in football in some way, you know, if you're talking about the, the a team ranked 30th or a team ranked 32nd in the nation, you know, as opposed to somebody who's right there ear to ear with, with their peers at number four on the list, then you have a conversation. But the, the, the current system – it stinks. 
Has it improved? Yes, because we actually have somewhat of a national champion now. We can we can further improve this thing because I believe, I fully believe this. If group of five teams like a UCF or a San Diego State or a Boise State or a Fresno State, they had a huge turnaround there this past season, had entrance into a tournament-style bracket, you may end up seeing something you never thought you'd see. 100%. 100%. Mark and Rich, Fox Sports Radio, coming up next. Let's circle back to the NFL headlines of the day because they're breathtaking. I mean, if you are just joining us and you don't know what happened in the NFL today, stay right where you are because it has been one of the craziest days of the whole year and the season hasn't even started. So that's coming up next. David Gascon right now for a trip around the world to see what's going on. Man, all kinds of things going on. Brother. You you were just... (laughs) You were excited about that uh, Jerick McKinnon news. That was well. No, I wasn't excited, but no, it's devastating. Ah. It's devastating. Ah. I mean, I I I was first to the computer to get Alfred Morris, ah. but it's still devastating. Ah. See, it's what devastating. You, uh, yeah, yeah, you're like a vulture. You pick out a I corpse. Know. It's really I, gross. I hate it for Jerick. Like I hate the, it for the 49ers. You should hate it for yourself. You should you maybe take a shower I, after the show. I hate. I will. I haven't showered yet today. <laughs> you are yeah. kind of a fantasy snob now, though. Well, I mean, I'm. I'm. Listen. Yeah. We all. See what I did with listen. Alvin Morris. Yeah, you see what I did with Alvin Kamara last year? Listen, what an listen, elitist. Listen, mm. every human being arrives on earth with their gifts. And it is that human's job to share those gifts with the world. Oh, boy. Fantasy football just happens to be one of mine. What can I say? And I just, he'll let you know about it. Yeah, he what, will. He will talk right. to you about it if, <laughs> if you have I'll, ears. I'll He's t- like a I'll vegan. <laughs> he'll tell you before you even ask. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. That's right. Vegan, yeah. CrossFit, yeah. Yep. fantasy nerd. I like, oh, did I mention I don't believe in God? Yeah, we got to talk about that as well. <laughs> right. We do. We eat carrots and hummus at our fantasy <laughs> oh, draft. Gosh. We do. Guys, Chip Kelly era is, un- era is underway right now. UCLA leading Cincinnati by a score of 7 to nothing. Uh, as you mentioned just a couple of minutes ago, Penn State escaped. Uh, Appalachian State gave them a scare. It was 38-31 Mountaineers until Trace McSorley led them back for a game-tying drive, and then they scored in overtime, and an INT sealed the deal. So Penn State now 1-0 on the young year. Meanwhile, a couple other scores today in college football. Oklahoma blitzed FAU and Lane Kiffin 63-14. Number two, Clemson won today. Number five, Ohio State won easily against Oregon State. Maryland with an upset today. They beat Texas. And then, of course, in the National Football League, Oakland Raiders have said goodbye to Khalil Mack. He is now a Chicago Bear, and as soon as he lands in the Windy City, he gets a fat six-year extension that will pay him $141 million. Whoa. 90 of it guaranteed, and $60 million of it is coming at signing. And Nick Foles looks to be your week one starter for the defending champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, me, oh, my. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. David, appreciate it. We're live in the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right, you heard some of the headlines there. It starts with Khalil Mack leaving the Raiders on a trade to the Chicago Bears. What I think really grabbed a lot of people's attention above all, though, when they're assessing the deal, they understand the, the impasse that was reached. And whether you agree with it or disagree with it, if you're going to get two ones in return, people are like, okay, and they ended up getting two ones. They also got a three. What I think really made eyebrows go up is that they gave up a two. They gave up a second-round draft pick and Khalil Mack Ugh. to get those two ones and a three. 
And so when you look at that, not only from an assessment of the deal standpoint, and then just also the idea of trading away your star only because of money, I I I think it was a terrible trade for the Oakland Raiders. No, I, I I completely agree with you. And and for anybody who is now coming to the defense of Mark Davis, Reggie McKenzie, John Gruden, those who are involved in these negotiations on the side of the Raiders, whoever their salary cap personnel are, uh, the, your, your this f- argument falls on deaf ears. Like, well, Mac didn't want to be here. No, Mac wanted to get paid. And so when you're talking about a situation where you have a contract and that contract doesn't accurately reflect the type of player you are, yep. those contracts can be extended, can be reorganized, can be guaranteed. Look, you're not going to really, really, really affect the salary cap with this, with this first year of the deal. You can hand them a ton of guaranteed dough. That doesn't count towards the cap. And then, you know, later in his, um, in, in his contract, you can have escalation as far as his salary goes. So this isn't about what room they had to pay this man. This isn't about how poor they are because they're moving to Vegas. Because as we know, the city of Las Vegas immediately approved the relocation of the franchise. And, and the, the, the city coffers, the tax monies, opened up to give them something nearing a billion dollars to build on that land. So, no, they're not stretched thin. This is a billionaire owner who doesn't want to spend on the product. Enjoy the new house out there in the desert with lawn chairs and 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 beach towels as furniture because that's what they're going to be entertaining with. Raiders also trade a fifth-round pick for A.J. McCarron and release Martavis Bryant, yeah. who they just gave up a third-round pick for not that long ago in the draft earlier this year, and Bryant has a forthcoming drug suspension reportedly, and it is under appeal. So that's been the day for the Raiders. Uh, hey, they do have a new backup quarterback, so uh, that's kind of fun. Right on. Uh, the, other, <laughs> the other big headline of the day that is definitely a negative one goes to the other side of the bay, as we were just talking about, with Jarek McKinnon tearing his ACL at practice. It does likely mean the resurgence of Alfred Morris as a starting running back, and there's been a low buzz about this. Here's what's interesting. Brian Baldinger came on our show last weekend and stated before anything was wrong with Jarek McKinnon, watch out for Alfred Morris to end up being the lead dog in the backfield for the 49ers this year. They like him. He had a really good preseason. He showed them some things. McKinnon and Brito were both coming off of injuries. Uh, McKinnon is not an every down back anyway. He's a passing threat. And so now the 49ers are going to have to uh, in some sort of a way, replace that aspect of their offense, which is large. Uh, but by the same token, they do have a veteran running back on their roster who they very much like and is now going to get his shot. Yeah, well, and Brita is going to fill the McKinnon role. Yep. McKinnon, again, uh, Kyle Shanahan's no dummy. He knew what worked in Atlanta, and he had a tremendous quarterback, which he has in the Bay Area now, and he cobbled together uh, running backs over his time there. Uh, that that really did exactly what he had a bruising back like an Alfred Morris type in a Tevin Coleman and he had a McKinnon type like the Devonte Freeman of of Atlanta and and that was a winning combination out of the backfield and so what he was looking to replicate is something similar here yes Alfred Morris was having a great preseason all that boded well for is we can have this two-headed monster out of the backfield we can have our pass catcher we could have our bludgeoner and we're going to be just fine well, Brita is going to have to step up and get those touches through the air now. 
And I don't know what kind of ball skills he has. I don't know what kind of preseason he had. I know last year he was about a 450-yard earner on the ground all-purpose-wise. So look look out for him to do very similar things to McKinnon just at a lower level. This this was a big hit for the 49ers. And by the way, they're a bit snake-bitten. Uh, a lot of injuries during the preseason. Solomon Thomas, yep. I think he's just getting healthy now. Ruben Foster Ruben was concussed. Foster, yeah, so early season stumbles are potential in the Bay. Uh, Matt Breida uh, also experienced some injuries in the preseason, so didn't play a lot. But he is, you know, a five foot nine, one hundred ninety pound guy. He yep. is a, a speed guy. He's the same build as a Freeman, as a McKinnon, as a Jared yeah, McKinnon, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So he probably very much will. I have that role. Another thing that's been interesting in cut down day is that a lot of NFL teams decided to do something that is not traditional, and that is keep three quarterbacks. And the lead story out of that is RG3 made the Ravens. Yeah. So all, everybody waiting to see what they're going to do with Lamar Jackson. I still think that's a story. We'll see if they use him in some creative ways. But what would be really interesting is if Joe Flacco gets hurt, who comes in? I would guess as just the regular starting quarterback – it would be RG3, yes. not Lamar Jackson. No, no, as far as command of the offense, and honestly, just, <laughs> look, there was a lot of great things that I saw out of Lamar Jackson. That's a raw talent still. He did some tremendous things. I think he scored five touchdowns during the preseason for the Ravens, but I still look at him as a work in progress and also better use this season as a mix-up as far as offense goes, get him in there with the other quarterback on the field, whether it's Flacco or for some reason if Flacco can't go RG3, all of a sudden you have some versatility offensively and some trick and gadget plays that you didn't have a season ago. Right. This offense, very similarly to how you could view even the Chiefs last year, and in times they used this, rarely albeit, but at times they did with Alex Smith and Pat Mahomes, you have some options here. But the best thing they did in getting Lamar Jackson – uh, and, and honestly, RG3, is sending a message to Joe Flacco. Ain't enough. Uh, you're not, you, we're no longer letting you cash checks just because you won us a Super Bowl 10 years ago. It ain't enough. So we need to see more. And I think that's what Joe Flacco is going to provide. I know, Joe. We signed with the same agent out of college. Uh, I, I met him, chatted with him, uh, probably his second year in the league. And this is a guy who had a boulder on his shoulder. He knew what an uphill climb it was for him to get to the point of prominence in the NFL, and he talked like it. He was a little edgy, and I liked it. I I, I said to him, I'm like, dude, I think you have I think you have the perfect attitude for what happened to you because nobody was expecting him to get in. Remember, right. I think Troy Smith was ahead of right. him. Right? No, he bet on himself, and and, and he, then he went and won the Super Bowl, and he went and won the Super Bowl. So so this is going to be some of that vintage Flacco that fire in the eye has returned. I think the Ravens are going to be good in the AFC North. Notre Dame and Michigan have just taken the field at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, if you have a trouble watching this one, uh, you really just don't like sports. Uh, this has got everything you could want from the biggest brand in college football going up maybe against one of the biggest coaching names and both coaches certainly going into a pressurized environment. This ought to be good. Notre Dame and Michigan. Nick Foles will start for the Eagles on Thursday night. Carson Wentz's doctor came out this week and said buying two to three yep. weeks would yep. probably be really smart. I think it's a good decision by the Eagles. However, I think the Falcons are going to win this football game coming up on Thursday night. All right, with all of that, coming up next on Mark and Rich. The guys are going to tell us what we taught them today. And while the football world thinks, oh, Aaron Donald and Khalil Mack, all done, that takes care of all the holdouts and all the controversy, you're forgetting about somebody. 
That's next. So, yeah, there's another NFL star still totally unresolved. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. It's Mark and Rich on Fox Sports Radio. This has been really fun. Oh, yeah. And that's why we started out the day by saying, yes! Yeah. There's a bunch of football on! Yeah, I remember I was like, this is going to be really fun! <laughs> and then it here was. we are four yeah. hours later, I'm like, this, is, this was really <laughs> fun! Was really yeah, woo! And then Michigan and Notre Dame are just getting started, and Alabama's <laughs> going to play all 12 of their quarterbacks here in another half hour. I'm so happy right now. Like, yeah. I was saying this to you yesterday. Very happy. I called the game at Stanford. I do color <laughs> right. analy- uh, right. analysis for San Diego State. We were at a game last night. Yeah, I mean, legitimately doing a radio show. I did seven hours of radio, or eight. I can't remember how many, but I was, was really eight. happy to be there. Uh, and I remember at one point I said, I'm just so glad like that we're in this seat right now doing what we're doing because football, now that I'm not playing it, this is so much fun. Yes. I totally understand I told why you. people like this. No, I told you. Oh, yeah. The one thing I <laughs> promised you as Notre Dame scores, opening drive touchdown Whoa. for them only a minute and a half into the game, touchdown Irish, good start for Harbaugh's defense. So I told you <laughs> yeah. yesterday – as you started an eight-hour radio tour yeah. at Stanford Stadium, I told you the one thing I could guarantee you about the day, you were not going to get hurt. No, you yeah, were, yeah. There were no torn MCLs. No, it was correct. I, as a matter of fact, I had um, multiple bags of kettle corn. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, that, the only thing that got, really got hurt was the diet. I, don't, I didn't really stick to any sort of well, diet. Well, it's the weekend. It's yeah, all okay. Well, yeah. So we're all forgetting about Earl Thomas. Oh, Earl. Yeah, actually. Earl Thomas, the star safety for the Seahawks, has not shown up. There's nothing definitive that says he is going to show up. And there's nothing definitive from the Seahawks about what they're going to do about it. So I I looked into this, and it it sounds like they're not even shopping the idea of paying him anything near what he thinks he's worth or letting him go anywhere he wants to play to get what he feels he's worth. I think that actually something stunning has happened at the safety position, and Earl's a big hitter. Earl, he can bring the boom, and he was part of the Legion of Boom with Cam Chancellor, and he was out there with Richard Sherman, and they were doing great things for a long time. But here's the deal. Uh, the NFL has gotten a facelift. Over his time and the prominence of the Seattle Seahawks defense, what's happened is the rules have changed more and more to benefit teams that play basketball and coverage. That's a great point. If you're going to cover a man like you do when he's driving to the hoop nowadays in the NBA, you're going to have a lot more success than having a safety patrolling the middle and swinging over the top and slamming into someone to dislodge the ball because a lot of those flags are going to be thrown now. So now the goal for your safety position is more of a hybrid corner. Mm -hmm. It's not this booming muscle head that can play down in the box. You need a guy who can really cover and cover tight ends well and do all those things that you need him to do. So maybe there's a changing landscape in football. That's A. B, he turns 30 just shortly after the Super Bowl. C, L-O-B is D-O-N-E, is gone. Richard Sherman is gone. Uh, A lot of the players on that defense, the attitude – are gone, and Earl Thomas was a big part of that. It doesn't mean you don't want Earl Thomas, but if you can't see that the Seahawks are in both a physical and emotional transition, Mm. you're you're not quite watching. So I don't think they value Earl Thomas the same anymore. I don't think on the open market 
he's as valuable as he thinks he might be? Like, what could they get in return for Earl Thomas? A third or a fourth? Right. And Earl Thomas is coming off of, was it a year, year and a half ago, a major injury. A major injury. Let me also add this to equation because you mentioned the emotional shift there as well. I look at Russell Wilson and I see the perfect Pete Carroll guy. That is that is a very college football-esque style quarterback from the mental standpoint. He does what he's told. He's great with the media. He sounds like a student. He, he sounds like a guy who's only giving you what his coach told him to say to the media, and that's it. Michael Bennett didn't do that. Richard Sherman didn't do it. Cam Chancellor didn't do that. These guys became outspoken. These guys weren't, you know, the model college players that Pete Carroll dealt with at USC. I mean, these were big personalities who were taking over the locker room and bringing people with them, demanding things contractually. It's all changed in Seattle. And in, and you could see with their draft picks. They went after uh, a group of five player in Rashad Penny out yep. of SDSU, the running back they drafted in the first round. And guess who made the roster and might start due to injury? Shaquem Griffin, another group of five player drafted in the third or fourth round, I forget. But linebacker out of UCF, the quote-unquote national, national championship. Yeah, they uh, they defended it well with their win on Thursday night, too. Uh, I hope they're able to go back-to-back. Good luck to them. Okay, Mark and Rich, it's been an absolutely thrill of a Saturday. Let's find out with everything that just happened what we taught the guys today ah! on this college football opener. Yeah, what do we got, guys? Of course, what we learned brought to you by the Appalachian State Mountaineers yeah! who did lose today, but it's early and their college playoff hopes are still alive. They are. If their schedule wasn't <laughs> full of a cup, bunch of cupcakes. Uh, one thing I learned, uh, Mark Willard is a fantasy snob. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Was, I've got Alfred Morris. Do you? Even though he's a fan of the 49ers, he was mostly concerned about hitting the waiver wire. Not yeah. true. Not yeah. true. Like 40, You should have seen him. He's like, it, oh, it was, oh, no. Jerk McKinnon. Alfred Morris, 51% concern for Jarek. Nick, uh, what about you? You know, I learned that, you know, even though, Rich, you're kind of new to the media and you're doing a good job, but your impression, I especially guess. that Gruden impression, I oh, guess. man, applause. Yeah, listen, he does a Joe Pa, he does a Gruden. He does a Ladanian Tomlinson. What are you trying uh, to say new to the media? I was in the broadcast booth for 10 you, years You should hear his any better. <laughs> Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.